Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and I'm joined once again by Jackie and Matt. And while we are not a breaking news podcast, on December 10th, Disney held their Investor Day and they announced 100 projects, most of which fall aggressively into our sphere of interest, some of which scare the living daylights out of us. And, and it was a very overwhelming experience. And so, we, and so we called together a special session in order to discuss all of the news we also talked about chapter 15 of The Mandalorian, and so spoiler alert if you have not seen that yet. And then stay tuned after the main discussion because there are a lot of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? We have a we have a Disney and co-tastic day, but we're going to start with The Mandalorian chapter 15. I am shooketh. <laughs> I feel like it was mostly a filler episode and it was very action-packed, but not in a super compelling way. So I'm guessing, Matt, it might not have been your favorite, but when he takes off his mask and shows people his <laughs> face, I, I feel betrayed, I feel <laughs> upset, but then he brought me back at the end when it's just a beautiful story between a father and his son, like his love for his son. The first half of the episode, I was a little kind of like, all right, let's get to it, you know? And I, I did make a comment, Jackie and my sister and I were texting, we were watching it at the same time, and I was like, it's really weird to see wheels in, in Star Wars on this tank they were in. I don't know if I've ever seen a wheel. Huh. everything's always gliding or on legs you know so I thought that was interesting but it was yeah not, not like my favorite episode ever but by the end of it I, I was I still liked it was okay with it but it was really really bizarre and not my favorite to not see the baby all of a sudden you know like we just Look, all I have to say is that Mandalorian episodes that do not have the child in them are never going to be my favorite yeah. yeah and this this was our first experience with that and, <laughs> and well was, I guess uh, the first episode yeah, the first, had first very episode. little child yeah yeah but the, but the reveal of him by the end of that was enough to make me just like, oh, yeah. okay. You know? Yeah, exactly. Ooh, <laughs> but, this but is this what we like, Because we before we weren't going to watch the show, but now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, we didn't even get a glimpse of the kid in this. So I was just like, oh my God, it's the first We have time. no idea what's happening to poor thing. Yeah. I'm very stressed about what's going on with him. I'm upset that we didn't get any kind of update. But again... This is mostly Mando's point of view, so. I was going to say, it felt pretty filler to me. We only have a couple episodes left this season, and I know, I get the sense that the whole, also Bill Burr is such a weird casting choice in this universe to me. He's just so American, <laughs> yeah. but I get the sense that all the stuff that they were talking about at that table scene is relevant to greater universe or future events that we're going to deal with, but it didn't feel relevant at the time when we have this big stake of where's the child <laughs> you know I was like I don't care about whatever you're like put your drinks down go find the child <laughs> yeah it almost it, it, this, the story that felt like it got served the most until the end when you know Mando comes through and does his transmission to Gideon and gives us you know everything we need from him as far as how much he cares about the child everything else was to kind of redeem almost redeem the other guy's character yeah it kind of felt like this thing where it was it was nice to see him get triggered and, and totally just lose his shit there and the and just kill everybody you know because he was just like I, I can't you know that was it was kind yeah. of fun and I, I was like oh I like him now but also like do we need to you know yeah, <laughs> yeah but it was nice way. it was nice to see like ex-empire person not love the empire and then get a small amount of revenge I think it does wow. set him up to maybe be on that ranger show with Cara Dune that's oh, what boy. I was thinking too yeah I think that they gained an appreciation for one another so I would have a feeling that maybe that's why they I was actually surprised at the end where she wasn't like, I've got a job for you. Like, or here's how you'll serve out your parole, essentially. I, I you know, the, the solution worked fine, but I, I was expecting that moment. Oh, yeah. She could have used it to her advantage more than she did, for sure. But yeah, the helmet thing was interesting because, you know, it is. I mean, we see him take it off in the first season, but it's with IG-11 and it's like right. no one alive 
got to see him. And so it's this thing where it was interesting to kind of see. And I really liked that the guy was, he, he clearly was looking over and like wanted to see his face and stuff, but then also, and then of course saw him, but clearly like respected that it was so uncomfortable for Din to do that. And so I liked the dynamic between them about it. And it's interesting because now it's like Mando of today, well, of where we are on the show, obviously we'll do that after meeting you know, Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians and kind of getting his ideals a little bit shattered as far as what he thought Mandalor- Mandalorians were all about. Yeah. So I like that we have gotten to the point where he'll do it. But yeah, it was it was interesting to watch. I really like the progression they did there. I think that this would have felt weird if he hadn't met Bo-Katan and mm-hmm. learned about different people who practice, you know, Mandalore differently, right? So um, yeah. I think that was a good character development part too. There's a there's a rule in Judaism where you can overlook any any of the rules laid out as if you are doing it to save a human life. You know, I I don't know what how you would save a human life by you know breaking eating kosher, but you are forgiven for any not transgression but any sort of like violation of the quote rules if you are doing it in the service of saving a human life. And to me, this feels like him reasoning with himself in that sense and going like, okay, well this is the only way I'm going to save the child. And I've seen that this is, you know, you can still potentially be a Mandalorian and take your mask off. So that yeah. that progression I thought was a, a very interesting one, especially one with not getting to see his face for the earlier part of the reckoning with it, right? Like you don't get to see him grappling with that visually. You, it's the pacing, the editing, the timing, you know, I was, I was very well done. That part of it was really well done for me. I agree. I, I, I think that there were a lot of little gems, like gem moments like that in the episode, but agree totally that it felt very filler and it kind of felt like it could have just been stuff that was sprinkled into another episode that kind of like got us further along in the story. (laughs) So I was just disappointed that we didn't meet up with Bogotan at this point because we know that she's after Moff Gideon and so we should be seeing her on the trail, presumably to help him or will help him get back the child, we hope, before the season ends. Well, I would, yeah, because I would almost like if Din actually took it upon himself at this point to seek Bo-Katan out. Mm-hmm. Now that that's what I assume will happen. I thought I thought maybe they yeah they'd be explicit about it and you know what are we going to do next and maybe sure. we'll reveal in the beginning of the next episode that that transmission was actually sent from Bo-Katan where she's standing right next right. to him. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the result. I just need the baby to be safe before the season's over. I know. <laughs> now I'm now I'm particularly stressed about it because I thought it would be a two part get the baby back episode and instead we got a side quest an important side quest. But a side quest. But still a side quest. Yeah. 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 Because there could be. It's all about getting the baby, but it's a side. It's yeah. But it's a side quest, you know. So because we got that, I'm like, no. Now we literally only have one episode to get the baby back, which I just don't feel confident that they can do. Also, if we get the baby back in 45 minutes, I'm going to actually be disappointed, right? Because I'm like, well, then what's the, where's the might of the empire? Where's the. Well, because if you're going to make this big bad, this big bad. um, Right. This sort of been looming for two seasons now. I would like it to be a little more drawn out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I want like a full intersection. I think we talked about this last time a little bit, but I want I want Dan, I want Car, I want everyone with, with Bo-Katan, everyone up there trying to get this kid back. And I want any Jedi who may have reached, you know, the call may have reached, I want them to appear. I want everyone to be like all about, we need to get this thing back. And so right. I, want a, I want a big, and it might be something that ends up taking up a huge part of, season three yeah I was... especially yeah <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and be right back speaking of <laughs> the call i feel like disney put out the call 
to a kajillion different Jedi. Oh. Because, wow. I, I Before we go into the details of Disney Investor Day, I want to ask both of you. So we, we talked about previously, like, we are people who will sleep out overnight for multiple nights in order to go to presentations of this sort. And I think we do it partially for the talent. We do it partially for the experience of getting to hang out with each other. How did you feel watching this and getting the news this way without having to leave your home? And in fairness, Jackie had to get most of the news via text message from us. I, I missed the first hour of this four hour presentation or three hour presentation. But what did you two think of the formatting of delivering a huge, I think they announced a hundred titles or so just overall yeah overall like during this yeah but what were your thoughts on this formatting would you prefer this potentially over a a comic-con or a d23 in that you are guaranteed the news no uh i mean i wouldn't so for me even though i i actually had to work so i unfortunately wasn't able to really watch it so i was just getting sprinkles of it from text messages and little bits that had been you know other people are talking about online and i missed the energy i was just thinking to myself like how fun would this weekend be be at d23 with them just announcing everything for us so i personally missed the convention thing i think being in the room when they announce it with other big fans is something special yeah and i was a little on the in between like so jackie not watching it me watching it right so like that experience that you just described is kind of the same experience that people who are fans that are not at comic-con receive the information that we're usually getting at comic-con you know and it's always like you feel this fomo right and you want to be there and watching it i felt like very excited while watching it uh and i was live texting with like my sister who was watching it and we were both just like reacting to things and everything and it was there was still that sense of like energy and camaraderie a little bit that i was really enjoying however nothing will compare to that in person right and like and the surprises in person and and this was a very businessy like i was making we were making fun of it somewhat too the way they were doing it i mean just because it was so it was so stuffy and because it wasn't a hey here's a presentation for the fans as much as it i mean it, it was but it was really the point of it is just to talk about hey look how great we are and you know how successful we still are and all this and so they just every announcement they made was the most casual thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like even Kathleen Kennedy, I love her. And she's like, yeah, so, you know, continuing on with an Ahsoka show and blah, 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 blah. And then like Ahsoka logo would appear behind her. And I'm like, wait, pause. Like you need to like, <laughs> like I don't even think she mentioned Rosario would be playing Ahsoka. In well, it. because and, you know, when they mentioned Lando, they didn't mention Donald Glover, which I assume he will. Well, you know, I think they did that but... intentionally because I don't know if that's committed yet. Well, and Rosario is committed. because Rosario, yes, you know, but Donald but, Glover, I was but like. But they did it in the same but they did it in the same way. Like Ahsoka was like, they didn't talk. They just said it'll be an Ahsoka show, you know, to take place in the same timeline as Mandalorian and blah, blah, blah. And they just like, no excitement, no inflections in their voices about anything. So and I was funny. Like, Cause we're so used to, done, cause D23 or Comic-Con, they all have so much pageantry around announcing the stuff. And that does build the excitement in the room too. Did anyone else watch the Warner Brothers fan f- fandom fandom? No, I didn't. So I watched that. I actually thought Fandom was very well done in that. So that one, that one is more about the talent they were trotting out. And there were some very awkward quote panels that did not succeed. They tried, but they didn't succeed. There was like this whole thing with Suicide Squad that was some sort of trivia thing. That yeah. It was basically like every meeting I'm in these days with a failed Zoom call with too many people in it, right? And I, I get it. They were trying it out. They were, they were the first ones, I think, to stick their necks out and go like, we're going to announce our talent and involve our talent this way. But there's part of me that does appreciate this format because we get so stressed 
prepping for D23 or Comic-Con. It's months and months of stress. And we have like knock on wood been lucky enough that for the majority of things that we really wanted to see, we were able to be in the room for. But there have been years where I, I think especially my first year, like I didn't make it into a Game of Thrones panel. And that was before it got really, really crazy to get into things. And I was really sad about it, you know? And and so this, I do appreciate that there's like a guarantee that you were going to get some of it. It was very annoying that they didn't play the clips for the public. And I was like, is there a separate stream that actual investors are watching that has these clips in it, which would make sense. But if you are going to do in the, uh, do this in this format that is public, let us see some of the stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, it's hard because I think that this would be an amazing, this style of thing would be an amazing option as an aside to with Comic-Con, right? So like, if you aren't there, you can watch a stream of it. And kind of, and there is something about the whole kind of exclusivity of like, oh, I was in the room. So like, I was there, I got to see all this stuff that you kind of, like about it but I wouldn't personally even having slept on the pavement being there and the excitement of being in the room and seeing the people in person I wouldn't be annoyed that the rest of the world was also able to watch it online it wouldn't bother me honestly so I feel like if there was like a way like how they have the press rooms at comic-con where you can watch you know a stream of it I get it because then there are things they're showing they don't want leaked online yet but it inevitably almost always happens anyway so I almost well, no, like sometimes they put it online before the room sees it like I'll get well yeah before right. it's actually aired in the room and I'm like how did that oh because they released right. it because they want the view they don't want the pirated version out there and I totally get it but it's just something where I almost feel like because of the nature of the way it is now you almost just need to only be showing stuff that you're prepared to release to the world you know yeah. what I mean I, it, it's like I think I had the thought during that I was like I could imagine if we aren't able to go to comic cons etc whatever and that they continue this format it, it could be there could be a fun happy medium if everyone got together right like if ev- people you know everyone sure everyone in bubbles, their little like circle bubbles have had vaccines and are getting together and, and in the room and watching it like an event, you know, yes. <laughs> the fact that this is an investor call and that we're talking about it. As I a, know. To me, to me says it was a success in many senses. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. There were a lot of well, things I didn't care about, but I enjoyed what I learned when getting Well, to and they stuff. announced so much amazing stuff. So much stuff. So much also not amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. it was a I big mean, mix the, of like, yes. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, no, but there's so much stuff that I'm yes for. That great. Yeah, should we, should we dive in? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we're going to get Hulu out of the way first, just because I think it's the thing we have the least to say on. But in terms of Hulu, no major announcements. I guess Kate McKinnon, Jackie, you're excited for this one as the Elizabeth Holmes. What was she? The Theranos? I remember the name, but when they were talking about it, like she was, was like basically a scam artist, <laughs> right? Who like? Yeah, yeah. So, so Theranos is the name of the company that she started. Okay, yeah. Oh, Elizabeth Holmes started. Yeah, that is, you know, was a complete scam. But Kate McKinnon seems like a very good person to play her. And then uh, Handmaid's Tale is returning and we're getting another Nicole Kidman murder mystery. I assume it's a murder mystery just because it has Nicole Kidman. (laughs) It is actually not a murder mystery. It is a different type of murder. I've read this book and I did not love it. But yeah, but uh, Hulu for us, at least not the not the biggest deal. The Kardashians. Uh, Oh yeah, Kardashians. Yeah, that was uh, well. What's it's just it shocked me honestly, having worked so many years on the show. I honestly can't believe they decided to 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 even. Well, I'm just I'm very curious. They didn't say much about it. They just put up a picture of them and just said that they're working, you know, something with the family. And I know Chloe, people out there on Instagram and talk like you know saying certain things that it's coming in late 2021 on Hulu. But I don't know exactly what it is, and you know, I worked. On, as some people may know, I worked on seasons eight through 20 of, of Keeping Up with Kardashians. And it's just so interesting because I know 
and I did a couple of spinoffs too with them. But it's just interesting because from my perspective, I felt as if they were very kind of overdoing the reality or some of them, not all of them, but overdoing the reality thing. So my thoughts are that this whatever deal they've landed must bang. <laughs> I mean, it's, the, the interesting thing to me is like they not Hulu is not a family friendly brand for Disney, obviously, but they feel very not family friendly to me. Right. Like they bring drama, they bring mess, which is something that I feel like the Disney corporate tries to stay away from. And, and obviously they have a 10 kajillion umbrella groups through which to vet the stuff through but it, it was it's an odd pairing to me even if it's via hulu yeah well and it just it also feels and i mean no disrespect whatever because i think you know i i have my own personal feelings about working with the girls and stuff like that and i know they can be very polarizing for a lot of people too but it also just kind of feels like after so many seasons of their show it, it even from my perspective while working on it kind of felt like where else can we go with this and so I'm just kind of curious, like after that 20 seasons plus six spinoff seasons of a show about the same family, what are you going to do now that's going to be fresh and different? It's very interesting to me. So I'm Well, or curious. I mean, unless you bring in Kanye, right? Like I know he's had a but mild presence started, on the show. But... Yeah, he started getting more involved toward the end. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, who knows? It's yeah. <laughs> and the graphic was of the whole family. So, you know, even on our show. Uh, Kendall and Kylie started appearing a lot less later on, you know, because they just weren't as interested seemingly in being, you know, on it as much from our perspective. So it's just, it's, it's, it, it really boggled my mind. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, you know? Yeah. It just felt like to me they were done, but they apparently weren't. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and more power continue, to them, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say, if I could ride that train still and I had that ability, I would oh, 100% yeah. do it. Get that yeah. money. Get that money. And if we know something about them, you know, they, People like to say they don't have talents, and I'm sorry, but like they are business people. Absolutely, so they are unbelievably just... good at business and marketing. So yep. you know, like say what you want, but <laughs> here we are. So yeah, say you want that they are living in mansions. We are not. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, they ex- built... exactly. <laughs> they legitimately built an empire off of a sex tape. Like that is yeah, wild. So wild. So. Up next then is FX. Yeah. I okay. I love it's always sunny, but the fact that it was renewed for four more seasons puts it up there with like a Kardashians in terms of twenty kajillion seasons on the air. Like it's a show that continues to stay relevant as far as I'm concerned. But I was just like, do they want to keep making this show? What I thought was interesting is when they announced that, when they said it so casually and deadpan, it was like four more seasons, which will put it at I think it said eighteen seasons, and that it will now hold the record for the most seasons for whatever, I don't know if it was the sitcom or what, uh, that was previously held by some other, or Ozzy and Harriet, I think. And so it was interesting because I was like, did you just renew this for four seasons so you could break that record? Or like, did you choose four to break it? Or <laughs> it was weird. Quite possibly. But like the, yeah. the creators have definitely talked about, that That was one of the great things for them, I think, in partnering with FX, being nobodies at the time, FX not being in this family of networks they traded off a lot of things but they got a lot of control over it and so i'm just like all right they they all seemed i see them all pop up in like side projects or several of them have starred in their own shows at this point so the fact that they are willing to keep coming back and doing it is actually it seems nice to me also it's still very funny i've literally never watched it it's a, it's a, I don't know if you'd love it, Jackie. Yeah, it's <laughs> not, the early seasons are crude. <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite, but I know plenty of people who just are obsessed with it. And so, yeah, I know a lot of people more power. Like <laughs> yeah. And so if it's working, it's working, you know. What yeah. I'm excited about is why the last man might actually get made. Uh, right. I'm <laughs> yeah, just. Well, according to them yesterday, it officially really, really is. So. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've heard that before, but I am right. still I excited. 
Yeah, they they talked like it's happening. And I yeah. just I don't I'll believe it literally when I see it. Because... Exactly. I mean, it's been how many years now since we've been hearing that it's like a thing. So yeah, uh, an uh, alien. So I think that'll be interesting. Yeah, the alien TV show. Thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm deeply upset about this. Okay. Deeply upset. I mean, the fact that Ridley Scott is going to be involved, although no, after Prometheus, maybe it's a bad thing that Ridley Scott is. Involved. Yeah, but Raised by Wolves, you know, like that. Was I really liked Raised by Wolves, and I it did feels too. very yeah. I did too, and it had a vibe, you know. And I also I really like Noah Hawley who. Did, I, I didn't. I actually didn't watch the Fargo TV show, but uh, Legion I really enjoyed. And it's mm-hmm. in terms of you know, it's it's a comic book technically, but it's just so out there. And he went with it, right? Yeah. And it, maybe he's the right person for this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it could it could be something that they they really they really talked about it like it's gonna it's gonna be a horror show, you know, which makes me happy because <laughs> you know the root of Alien is horror before it kind of took off into more of an actiony thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I just but I, but for me, Alien the first film, and then I love, of course love the second one. And I actually am one of the rare ones. I like Prometheus. I didn't love Covenant all that much, but oh yes, I'm sorry, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, but I mean Prometheus. I know a lot of people hated that as well, but I I was really into Prometheus aside from a lot of the things that were like okay. But I don't know. I the first Alien is one of my favorite films and i i just it's it's kind of like as as much as we've gone so far and we've we have tarnished it i still feel like it still can be tarnished further and i don't want it to be tarnished further so for me i'm kind of like do we need this like can we just what if we just make a new show that's set in well, space yeah. a new space horror type of show like with different aliens like out of the universe this is the point in the presentation in general where i started to it started to go downhill for me in terms of franchising things out like you said does it have to be alien you know, like why, why did we, yes, it's one of the most famous sci-fi and horror essentially movies of all time. But if you're telling a good story and you're really not going to use that much from the other stuff in the universe, like why can't you just make a sci-fi show, as you said? Exactly. And they talked a lot about how FX, when it first started, was kind of geared toward older audiences and how it's with recent and now their new partnership with Hulu that has been successful this year, that it's starting to gear more toward younger audiences, right? And they're really excited about that. What I find interesting in that way is that I'm like, the younger audiences aren't the ones who watch Alien. That's you're 30 plus if you love Alien. I mean, not necessarily, but I'm just saying like, yeah, you know, it's so it's one of those things where it's a weird move to me. It's not like I think you're 30 plus if Alien the franchise means something to you. Yeah, like a a nostalgia. But yeah, like there are plenty of people who come to it later. Sure, sure. Exactly. But I just was meaning like you're you're talking about a franchise that when people hear that news, the ones who are going to be excited or have a reaction to it that is one way or the other are probably the ones who already have strong feelings about the Alien franchise. And so it just was weird to me that they talked about wanting to get to the younger audiences even more and then talked about this franchise based on something that's 40 plus years old. <laughs> but, it know. like It's sort of off topic, I guess, but it reminds me of Hulu, I think, did a, I don't remember if it's actually for Hulu, but it was... They did a, a voting special for West Wing. Like they got the whole cast of the West Wing together to tell young people to vote. And I was oh, like, was it? Yeah. No, it was HBO. Oh, it was HBO. HBO. And it was just one of those yeah. things where I'm like, well, that misses the mark. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You have to yeah. be 30 plus to be excited about West Wing getting back right. together. Yeah. Like, like we're all voting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we already voted. Like, yeah. you don't young, need to tell us. The young <laughs> children yeah. are not going to be excited about West Wing. I no, totally. It was that was a weird one. The one that worked really well for me was was Hamilton because 
it was yes. such a worldwide sensation. Hamilton teenagers made. love it. So that one made tons of sense. Or even like, you know, if you're talking about AOC doing a, a Twitch live stream to me makes a million times more sense than being like, hey, kids, right. here's the, here's the cast the of the West, West Wing. Wing. Just what you've always been waiting for yeah. your entire life because the show's been off air your entire life probably. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, like, like, you're I, like, wait, what's that? <laughs> who, are, who are they? I, know, I mean, of course, I hope the youths are discovering it and loving it, too. But it's just it was just funny. Like, well, that misses a mark. <laughs> yes. Totally. And then we get to the heavy hitting. We get to Lucasfilm. Yes. I did. Di- this is literally when I started tuning into the presentation. Like, I, I got out of meetings and was able to start watching it. I was just like, what is happening? There are 10 million things happening right now. <laughs> like, the, yeah. the pace was relentless. Yeah. I mean, big no duh, I think. But Ahsoka Tano's getting her own show. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yeah, with Rosario. We all, we all kind of knew it. But it just was, it was really nice and refreshing to see a logo and to see like it, it's, it's confirmed. That they've already thought about the story that goes there. And, and it's set know. during the timeline of the Mandalorian. So, right. you know, we might get to see her points before she meets up with Din and then maybe after. But also, I'm just really excited. Female led show, obviously. Uh, like, 100%. <laughs> finally. Yeah, and finally. She's, she's a great character. I think there's yeah. a lot there. So that's very exciting. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's really exciting news. And it kind of brings to question things we talked about with the Mandalorian, where we talked about Thrawn, things like that. Maybe that's all her show, you know, and it's not. Maybe maybe Mando doesn't ever bother with who and what Thrawn even is, you know. And so it's it's interesting that we've we've used the show to kind of intro another, which I love. But I yeah, I'm excited. But I, and so it's part of me is sort of excited in the way that because they're doing all these spinoffs for things that happen in Mandalorian, we're finally going to get to the core problems and not just side quests, but then it'll keep what people love about the Mandalorian, which a lot of people love the side quest thing. Yeah. I, we can hope. I think we, yeah. we can hope that this is what they'll do. I think so, because with Mandalorian, especially this season, you know, we've, we've talked about this somewhat, but whether we love it or not, which, you know, we're loving currently, it is essentially just a huge fan service event at this point that like, you know, they, of course, the story is interesting and stuff, but with the amount of people that under Filoni, you know, that we were kind of saying that have been created on other shows and stuff that we've, that it's kind of like all these, oh, this person, oh, this person's here now, oh, this character. And so it's, it's kind of become like something that mo- for the most part, we're really excited about, but it's a lot of these people that are coming involved could be anybody, any characters. It doesn't have to be them. You know what I mean? But like, we're getting them as a, to be connected to the other material. So to see it being a thing where, okay, we're doing it to kind of launch a different series and stuff like that and then yeah it could it could kind of bring mando back to the basics a little bit yeah i mean it, it feels it's the marvel model basically right exactly. where it's like okay there's like a great overarching thing but now we are focusing on these sort of side stories and also you know crossovers i'm sure will be abundant and I, I will say I was actually kind of overwhelmed by the amount of things they announced. And I think oh, what sure. will be really interesting is the the cadence with which they come out and the viewing order, right? Because if you get like a couple months between each of them, I'm like, okay, fine. Or, you know, I, I would imagine even years or however long between each of them. But I'm like, I just feel like it's not it's not homework, but it's it's starting to feel a little bit like you have to watch these things in order to yeah. have things make sense. And that is what I did not like about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they tried to position it that way. They didn't succeed and it actually didn't end up being like you didn't have to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for no. the movies to make sense. But I'm very wary of this thought process of theirs. No, it, it, it is overwhelming and it, it does set that because we've talked about how what, having watched Clone Wars and Rebels will enrich the experience of seeing these characters in Mandalorian. But so far, it, Mandalorian hasn't fully required an outside knowledge of them you can still enjoy it and and understand well enough what's going on without knowing all the rich backstory 
And they have to continue to be able to do that in each of these standalone shows unless they're going to just start requiring everyone to watch them all. And then it's just, it gets over. Well, I, I think they're going to require, fans. I think they're going to require everyone to watch them all is what's going to yeah. come down to. Well, if it does, it's like that gets over really overwhelming for the casual fans. And I think that's where some people tap out. So it's, it's risky. But, you know, it worked for Marvel. Although I'd argue a lot of those films, even Chasing After Infinity Stones, a lot of those felt on their own still like a movie that you could enjoy. Oh, yeah. Without previous knowledge. There's a way to do it. I actually believe that they will be able to create some of the, at least a couple of the shows will be pretty watchable by themselves if you don't feel the need to know everything. Unfortunately, we have personalities where we feel like we need to know everything about all of it. So um, that won't help us because we'll need to watch it all, obviously. But we're Um, the ones who want to anyway. Yes. (laughs) But for me. No harm, no foul. But for me, I'm like, yes, tell me the minutia. I just need to know. <laughs> um, so yeah. this kind of marvelization of it is thrilling for me as a as a human because that's just I, the style that I like the best. So. Yeah, I just I guess I wonder, like, Jackie, your sister or my parents who are not huge Star Wars people w- love The Mandalorian. And I'm like, where are they going to drop off from this? because <laughs> exactly I think at a certain time. point they will tap out and the timelines are confusing you know because all yeah. these shows we're talking about you know we also got the announcement of like the Rangers of the New Republic which again probably similar timeline we talked about we, we think could it be Cara Dune could it be people or it's just all new people who knows but oh my god what if they give it similar. to Ming-Not Wen give it to Ming-Not Wen please <laughs> oh I hope so also an aside can I just say I don't you you may know this but I just stumbled across something today that informed me that Ming-Not Wen is 57 Mm-hmm. Okay, well, and I look older than she does, but I'm looks just, spectacular. I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. I'm 33 and I look. Yeah, no, no offense, but. Yeah, <laughs> no, she is ageless and, and gorgeous. And uh, yeah, I did know that because she, she posted like a photo when Mulan came out. No, she posted a photo sometime over the summer and it was just ridiculous. Like she was, she, uh, it was from Street Fighter and she had like her Chun Li buns on. And oh, okay. and it was just ever, you know, because that is however many years old at this point. It's like, how yeah. aged a day? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, same, same. Like, That's true. She hasn't. I just, I just, yeah, didn't, I, in my mind, as, mu- as much as that movie is not new or current, in yeah. my mind, I just, I just, I don't know. It's weird. I don't separate it. And I, I was shocked that she was 57. Asian don't raisin. Well, there you go. But I just, yeah. you know, <laughs> it was, it was something else. But that was a whole aside. But that would be amazing if, if they gave it to her, if she got involved. But with shows like that and Ahsoka kind of taking place in the same time, I can see the casual fans still being into it. But once you start messing with the timelines again and going back, oh, this is before this movie. This is before that. Well, it, I mean, we, we even as super fans kind of struggled. Like we didn't know last week until we looked it up that Mandalorian takes place only five years after right. Jedi and 30 before Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, right. or, or uh, new, uh, Force Awakens. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, if we can. But to be fair, I feel like casual. They're not. Ex- they the haven't been explicit fan, about it. But also, the casual fan doesn't care where it fits in. Particularly, I think that they just watch things. Like at least my sister doesn't. My mom asked about it at some point, but I. But it didn't like take away from her experience. I would say. Right, like they're happy watching it, and if they enjoy what's going on on screen, like it doesn't matter if it connects well to them. Yeah. Well, and then so we're moving to spinoffs from the movies. And Rogue One is getting a spinoff with Cassian Andor, Diego Luna. Yay! I'm excited, but again, this is one of those things where, spoiler alert, we know how his story ends. I'm thrilled, honestly. So for me, I mean, Rogue One is, is for me, I love that movie as, as much as I love the original trilogy. Like, it is... 
that that film is just and Cassian is my absolute favorite in it with K2SO of course and when they announced this at D23 I was super super thrilled and it's exciting to learn that they're finally filming it I won't lie to you this is one of the the pieces of footage that they did let us see which is why it's on the internet now and I totally got emotional right when it started because I just was like oh finally it's happening because I don't know, but just with this year and stuff, it just, and, and, you know, as we've talked about, which I'm sure we'll touch on even more when we get to features, but some of the projects that keep getting announced for Star Wars keep on just dying and going away and just never being spoken of again. And I was like, please don't let the Cassian Endor show die. And so seeing it yesterday as like, okay, it is happening. They are filming it. I was elated. I was pretty excited to see Fiona Shaw in it too. I kind of love her. I love Fiona Shaw. Yeah. Yeah, And so I was just like, oh. In a Star Wars, like, I am just so into that. And obviously, I have this very similar feelings with Rogue One. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's flawless. And it is honestly, yeah, it's it's really up there with the original three, if not taking over some of them for me as like a favorite. Yeah. It's it's really hard for me to say that out loud. But it is, I mean, I love it so much. So I just like Matt, am thrilled that this is really happening. Because when they did announce it and then we hadn't heard anything for so long, it was just really hard to know. And Quickly, my theory about how it can connect and matter more, I guess, to kind of what they're building here is we have to remember that Rebels literally takes place right before Rogue One happens. Like it, you know, the events of Rebels lead up to it. And and actually, when you watch Rogue One, and and since I've watched Rebels recently, I've I've gone back and I'm like, oh my God, there are Easter eggs galore. In there, and the, the the ship, the ghost that the rebels are in, it, it, it's at the the battle above Scarif. Met several times when they arrive at Yavin Four base, like you see the ship parked there. You see Chopper the robot, and when they're in there, you know, talking to Mon Mothma and all that kind of stuff, uh, you hear like over an intercom, like, "Oh, paging General Sindula, who is Harris Sindula, who's the pilot in Rebels," and so. They're like there and involved. And I think that this is an opportunity for potentially some of those actual characters from Rebels to to be to to be here. <laughs> which which I don't know if they'll do that, but if they do, it really excites me. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited for it. I I also just from like a DNI standpoint, I appreciate that we're slowly introducing more and more diversity. I know yes. I heard Diego Luna talk about how it's it was just Latinx diversity, et cetera, and Hispanic diversity. Like it, it, getting that in there, it's something that is missing from the Star Wars universe. Plenty of things are missing from the Star Wars universe, sure. but I, I can, I will happily embrace a show that is casting people of color as the leads. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of not people of color, Hayden Christensen is returning as Darth Vader. I absolutely cannot (laughs) i was furious at that what a decision i hate sand Sand as much as i hate him honestly uh i can't even i think it's thrilling i (laughs) you have the worst taste out of all of us kidding 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 i honestly am kind of wondering how they convinced him to do it i mean obviously i think they they called him i think nothing yeah i mean (laughs) I, what I else mean, is honestly, he doing? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's doing nothing they could else. Call but me he and be like, made... "Will you play Job of the Hut?" And I'll say, "Sure." <laughs> like, I... yeah, but I, I mean, sure. But I guess my thought is, he got made fun of for a very long time. You know, continuing to this day for his horrifying uh, portrayal of Darth Vader. So, yeah, is he someone all the way to the bank? Yeah, he did. But I still don't know that I would reprise the role that everyone hated me for. He's not been doing a ton since. Like... I was like, I think I probably would because, again, it's Star Wars. New, newer stuff on these shows is being received a lot better than prequels were. There's better writing behind them, and it's like honestly, when you look at everything Anakin became 
since since the prequel films and people from what i understand love them in clone wars and stuff and so even though it's not hayden doing the voice it's still kind of like that character has almost kind of been a little more redeemed i guess than well, you know clone. from the prequels because yeah. clone wars completely as a as a show is just leaps and bounds better than episodes two and three combined and so it's just that thing where i almost feel like he feels like it's coming off of a more positive foot now. yeah that's true the clone wars is like the biggest fix it fix it series show. ever yeah yeah i mean i just he was not good to me in the prequels like i'm sorry no. he's just not a great actor and not that star wars is like full of the greatest actors but i mean i will argue that almost no one could do anything with that because i you know we have a deep love Matt Knife or Natalie Portman and she didn't do wonderfully in those either because sure. of the the director and script but I would the say the circumstances were not in their favor I agree obviously but if you've ever seen him in anything else he is equally bad in everything else yeah. I was gonna say yeah the writing is tragic but you know I wouldn't even put Natalie's performance on the same no she did better know, floor obviously. as his performance yeah. And, yeah. and she's not great in it Ewan no. McGregor not, did better know. like Ewan McGregor was fine in it you know yeah he yeah. annoys me as Obi-Wan but he was fine like, it's just it's just like that you know it's the writing is horrible but yeah she had moments that I love in those ones too but and I don't think he has any that I did but he annoyed me more than child Anakin annoyed me honestly so yeah yeah just was what which was surprising. It just didn't work for me. His, I mean, his moments are just so memeable. It, look, you know what? If it's a redemption for him, great. But I don't necessarily need like a, another show with two white dudes leading in it, even if one of them is Obi Wan Kenobi. Like, Here's the I thing, just, and I, I honestly just don't need another Obi Wan show. I was never super thrilled about this one. Right. Yeah, I wasn't super thrilled either. But I, I'm okay with it if certain things kind of go away. I want them but I just don't think know that they will. I think it's interesting it's 10 years after Revenge of the Sith because mm-hmm. wouldn't he just be Darth Vader then? Yeah. Yeah, that was my thing where it was like there the the way she phrased it, I can't remember exactly how she said it, but she was like you're you're so excited that his dear friend or something like that Anakin Skywalker. I was like what? So he's <laughs> like, just going to be in his suit. dear friend, you know, yeah. Maybe he's just a voice. But why would he be the voice if it's not like why if they're not using James Earl Jones then what are they Oh yeah. What are they doing? Why because, would he become so, why would his voice change? That's what I from? but that's what I mean is like if you're just gonna be there walking around in the suit. So it tells me that I feel like there are probably gonna be some take off the helmet moments which are gonna be are gonna drive me insane. Because I don't understand why you would bother. I mean they, they had Or I maybe flashbacks. Yeah, I was thinking True flashbacks. flashbacks. I forget does, the actor's name, but they had somebody play Darth Vader in Rogue One already. So it's not like... When does Clone Wars take place in terms of the movie timelines? It's So Clone Wars is in between episode two and episode three. And then the okay. final season covers... Like the final season that aired this year covers uh, Order 66 in episode three. Okay. So it kind of goes after it a little. And then Rebels is 14 years later. So this is four years before Rebels. And in Rebels, you see Obi-Wan as a great older man. Like, kind of, he looks on Tatooine when we meet him in A New Hope. Uh-huh. You see him on Tatooine with Maul. And so my thoughts were, this is the time when Maul is running his crime syndicate, Crimson Dawn, which we were introduced to in movies, anyway, introduced to in Solo. And we know Kira at the end of Solo. And I've said it before, I'm a big Solo fan here. But Kira was on her way to go meet Darth Maul on Dothamir. And we don't actually know what her intentions are actually if she's like i'm i'm bad or i'm gonna go there and try to bring it down we don't know but i had these hopes that 
this show would kind of encompass all that. I also have this pipe dream that Jackie and I have talked at length about that it's not going to happen. But we find it so offensive and horrifying what was done to Padme Amidala as a character just because Queen Amidala was everything and Padme was not. Mm-hmm. And the whole dying in childbirth, all this, oh, the whole thing was awful. And, and George Lucas had mentioned that an alternate ending that what he initially had written or planned was that she was going to live and start the rebellion. Ooh. And what I thought would be interesting is because in the original A New Hope, I don't remember which, no, it was, I think it was Return of the Jedi, when Leia is talking about she, does, she barely remembers her mother this and that and blah, blah, blah. Of course, she could be talking about Organa and everything, but it, it, was, it seemed inconsistent because if she was talking about a mother that was, that was Padme and then we find out Padme dies in childbirth, it seemed inconsistent. And I was like, what if they faked Padme's death? And what if she, to hide her, and they right. still had to take the kids Like and witness this, protection. But, like... And what if she was still alive and she was actually involved with the woman who was starting the rebellion in Solo. And so I had all these theories and stuff, and I was like, and what if she was involved in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? And that would be the biggest secret of all time if suddenly now... Yeah, if, if, but... right. <laughs> if they managed to fix Padme's ending, I will take everything back and be thrilled about this show. Do I believe they actually are going to do that? No. No, um, I don't have actual hope. But, but uh... it would be pretty incredible. <laughs> Okay, important Sophie's Choice scenario for both of you. If Natalie could only play Return as Padme or we have to give up her as Thor, which would you Oh, I hate Which you. would you go with? Oh my god. <laughs> because I was thinking I was just like I she's in Australia right now filming Thor, so mm-hmm. you know, she's in the she's back in the Disney fold. You know, honestly, I would choose Padme despite loving Thor and wanting that to happen because I just want redemption for this character that I really love and I think was treated terribly at the end of episode three and so out of character. Like, there's just no way that this woman who at 14 stood up to the Trade Federation to save her planet would suddenly die of a broken heart. Yeah, I have Matt? to agree. I think I think mm-hmm. I would. I think because... We still don't even know the capacity at which, like, Lady Thor is going to be present. You know, like, we, we know that she's it, but, like, is she going to be suddenly, like, joining the new Avengers? All this, like, different stuff. Or is she just kind of it in this movie? And that's, you know, and, and so without knowing that, I would I would rather fix uh, fix Padme. Okay. How about you? I'd pick, I'd pick Thor. You pick Thor? Yeah. <laughs> I'd pick Thor. I, but I also don't have that affinity for, I, only because I just feel like it gets so convoluted with what they've set up. I would be 100% on board for the scenario you described, right? Where she be she has agency again and she actually impacts the, the galaxy. But there would be so many things they'd have to fix and retcon essentially that I just, I'm like, Thor is cleaner. I like having a lady Avenger. We do have other female characters in Star Wars that we could focus on potentially. Sure. Yeah, no, and I, and I could totally respect that. And I think, I think for me also, it comes from, knowing that this show is happening and not really feeling confident, despite the fact that, you know, goddess Deborah Chow is at the helm, not really totally feeling confident that there are going to be like actual compelling stories to be telling about Obi-Wan in this 10 years of exile. That's my other thing. Yeah. I feel like like that would give it story that would make me interested. So that would make my mind be saving the show as well. (laughs) But maybe the show is amazing. Who knows? Yeah. Clone Wars and Rebels feel like they've aggressively covered Obi Wan's. Yeah, he's you know they've he's given covered. him plenty. Yeah, he's he's covered. <laughs> Which is so. why, like, I he's good. And ten he's years, good. ten years after Revenge of the Sith, I mean, he's just hiding on Tatooine. So yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. see. Well, but, but, you know. So speaking of animated shows, they also are doing what is it? Two more animated ones. One yep. is called The Bad Batch, which. 
I have to note there's a there's a film by Annalily Armorpour that's called The Bad Batch. That's all I can think of. Oh, it's like a super yeah. bonkers film with Jason Momoa and like Jim Carrey's in it and Keanu Reeves and That's it's, hilarious. It's a very dark, amazing film, but, but that's all I could think when they said the Bad Batch was that's coming so funny. out. I was like, They're actually from Clone Wars, this group. Yeah. I have from the last season of Clone Wars. They're really just gonna make us watch the Clone Wars. That's what this all comes down Look, to. Look, I'm working yeah, on it, and- okay? <laughs> I know. I I need to. That's what. Oh, oh my god. That's what I'll do with the time off. <laughs> I've been like, what should I do between during New Year's? I'll watch all of Clone Wars. Yeah. So they're basically like this, like this group of clone soldiers who were just have genetic alterations defects, on them or whatever right? and yeah. defects and Quo- stuff. Defects so is in quotes. Yeah. Exactly. And so and they come across them and they're rough around the edges. They're more interesting than most of the clones. So I liked them well enough in the show, but I, you know, I thought the footage they showed of the show looked really fun, but at the same time. I will confess, as much as I actually really, really, really liked Clone Wars as a whole, there are, I think, like three really solid seasons worth of episodes in this seven season show mm-hmm. that, that I would like, if I were to go back and rewatch, I'm going to pick, I'd pick and choose the episodes that I love because based on the story arcs that I really like. And the episodes that I don't love are the ones where we are like just following the clones and that's and there's and it's like just about them yeah and then the other ones that i don't love unfortunately are usually the ones that are just following the droids i know the droids i don't love them i love them as characters but me I don't too love them the story being about them that's what i mean is like in clone wars i don't love the droid episodes because they just they just don't they have enough depth as much as I love R2 and everything, it's just... They were written as supporting characters to start, right? And it's exactly. very hard to... Even though they're the heroes of their own stories, the constraints of being a droid are limiting. <laughs> yeah, and so they just are not as compelling as some Yeah, stories. like I will watch I will watch these shows now that I'm just fully immersed in everything, you know, as far as the animated side of Disney, uh, Lucasfilm goes, but, but I'm not over the moon about either of them. I'm curious about the anime one. That one so sounds more like, interesting to me. Yeah, I, I could... See it be very interesting, but I could also see it kind of off, not off-putting, but a, a, a bar- there being a barrier to entry for Western audiences in particular who are not familiar with the world of anime, right? Like there's a whole subset of people who are just obsessed, but yeah. it's a style. And it, I th- it, I, if anyone could marry it, it's them probably, but. Totally. You know, obviously it's different, but being that the original Clone Wars series was, you know, based on Samurai Jack creator and that kind right. of stuff. It's basically. It kind of has a similar vibe. Thing. And then I did like that they made it a point to say that they are working with like leading anime studios in Japan. So it's not just like Disney going and just animating and just doing an anime style. It's like we're actually enlisting anime animators to do this. Yeah. Makes me happy as well. So at least they're, if they're going to do it, at least they're doing it as right as you can <laughs> in that yeah. way. You know what I mean? So we'll see. But I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Right. And then rounding out the last of the shows, we have a Lando. We don't know who Lando is playing Lando yet. I'm going to assume Donald Glover, but. Well, we also don't know a timeline is the thing. Right. So I was like, I, I, it would be kind of hilarious if it was Billy D. Williams, just like retired yeah. Lando puttering around the galaxy. Well, because we randomly, we get him in whatever the last one was. The, <laughs> the Skywalker. Skywalker. So yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting. But if it's, if it's Donald Glover Lando, it kind of makes me feel like that could be. I'm obviously sitting here desperate for a solo sequel that no one else wants, but that Correct. could be, but that even, could be kind even of like Lucasfilm does not seem to want it. So. No, no one wants it, but me and like, but that could be, uh, for me, it could kind of take the helm there a little bit if it is Donald Glover Lando, but we also see Lando in Rebels and stuff. So 
it's a or maybe it was Homer. I don't remember which one it was, but you know, we see him in that timeline as well. So it could be more where we are in the Mandalorian timeline. It could be something Lando, and then it's like, what would you do? Would you age Donald Glover, or would you just recast? Yeah, I'm not sure yet. We'll find out. So, interesting. I am excited about also, the accolade or the uh, yeah the acolyte. Yeah, didn't actually get much on it, but I really enjoyed Russian Doll. So I'm actually pretty excited that it's the same creator. Yeah. And then obviously it's like a dark side thing, which always is exciting for me. So yeah. And the high yeah. Republic. And so, I mean, it's, it's, that will be interesting for sure. I think the, the really interesting thing to me with, especially the streaming series is like, how long have these been in production and been under contract? Because a lot of the dates they were giving were not that far into the future. And I no. feel like star Wars in general is not someone who moves fast but a lot of the names who are involved that they've announced, at least, are people who I feel like have come to the forefront recently, like Justin Simeon from Dear White People. Dear White People's been around for a couple of years, at least at sure. this point, but I wouldn't have necessarily handed him a Star Wars show. Yeah, I don't know uh, that he's like a household name. Yeah, you know, or, so. or Leslie Highland. In fact, no. like, you know, Russian Doll was what, this year or late last year? 2019, I think, yeah. Yeah, I was like, time is a construct at this point for all oh, of yeah. us. Oh, so. yeah. I think it was 2019, <laughs> but even so, it's recent, you know. Right. So, you know, they might not have known who she was. Or maybe they hear, oh, she's got a Netflix deal. You can show us what you got. You can direct Star Wars. But let's move on to the Star Wars features. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's 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 exciting. I mean, we got two exciting ones. That... I am, like, dying of excitement that Patty is going to be doing a Rogue Squadron movie. I think that is everything. I, I think that's awesome. I... I... I cannot wait for it. I'm going to break my own heart here. Taika Waititi is one of my favorite directors right now. Like, I think he's so funny. I love his sense of humor. I love pretty much everything he does. I love Patty Jenkins as well. Love them both to bits. So nothing against them in particular, but it feels like, especially with Patty Jenkins, like we need more women blockbuster directors and having Patty Jenkins be the only one who can direct, you know, a, a DC blockbuster film or the only one who can direct a rise of Skywalker. Like it feels very limiting towards the rest of the female directors out there right now. Like I'm getting concerned that they put, people are putting all those eggs in one basket in terms of, you know, both representation and talent and all that stuff. And I would just, I would love, would have loved possibly to see somebody else. I mean, this this is a perfect fit for Patty for sure, but I would love to see somebody else get another project be sure. announced during this. Yeah, you know? I mean, I would be happy if more women, I guess, you know, and I can understand you don't want, you know, the only woman blockbuster director. But at the same time, like, you know, people like Peter Jackson, you know, after the Lord of the Rings got offered a bunch of different things. And I think, you know, after the success of Wonder Woman, she does deserve some more tent poles. So I think oh, that's yeah. also good. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve it. I think they are both so ridiculously talented. It just made me a little sad that she's the only one right now, yeah. right? Like, there well, was it's a, a trend. time. Yeah. It's a trend we see. We see it with actors of color. We see it with all kinds of things where suddenly somebody becomes like the it person and like, and or the it's token. Like, oh, okay. It's basically tokenizing, token. right? And like, we're like, oh, okay, well, there's a woman we see can do a really big action film. So we're just going to rely on her to do it. Ava DuVernay has been in the same kind of boat where she's gotten mm-hmm. tentpoled a little bit. And, you know, we saw even somewhat Catherine Bigelow for years was the only woman director that was doing anything that was getting recognition of any kind. Right. Or like Sofia Coppola was it for insurance. But that's four people. And so because of that, it's like, yeah, you're happy for most of the mentioned people. You want them to have all the success in the world, but you want more and more and more. So hopefully this is like a start where it's like, okay, this is just opening a doorway to actually women directing Star Wars things now. Right. Somebody had to break the barrier. Totally, totally. And so I get that you. You want to yeah. you want to go with someone who not just not just because she's a woman. You want to go with someone who 
has a record here of like, oh, you're incredible. But I get it because it's like, yeah, you want, we just want everybody. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, again, don't get me wrong. I got chills when they said it was Patty Jenkins. Yeah. I'm so excited. And then her little clip that she released that she's like the daughter of a fire fighter pilot. Like, oh, that I'm was the so cutest happy. little yeah. introduction. I was like, I love you. Right. I'm so happy for her. I, I'm not saying I didn't want her to direct this project, but it, it concerns me that the trust is only being put in a handful of people. And, and I would say even same goes for Taika Waititi, right? Like, you know, he's doing all of these films and it's great, but where are the more like Polynesian or indigenous mm-hmm. people? You know, like we, we need to bring more people into the fold because we can't, we can't rely on them forever. And actually it's a perfect segue for the last of the Lucasfilm stuff because John M. Chu has a bunch of stuff going with them, which is great, but like where, where, where are the rest of my Asian directors? Exactly, right? yeah. Like, and I will say with Taika, I think I do like that he now has his experiences in Mandalorian and directing amazing stuff on that to where it's like, okay, now we want you to do a movie. And to this point, I want I want Patty. I love her. I want her. But also what if, you know, obviously she's doing the show, but what if this was Deborah Chow's Deborah project? Deborah Chow, right. Or, like, or even, you know, not that we need it, but what if it was Bryce Dallas Howard's? Like someone who's actually proven to them they're already directing Star Wars things that they like. Then it would make sense to me to be like, oh, we're going to use those people that we've already worked with and know they do yeah, the quality I, we want in I Star hope, Wars. I do hope they get those movies. I think, I mean, I, I think Patty is the perfect fit here. So, um, Oh, she yeah, is. It was, I, I it was just like my my gut reaction was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. And then I just had this sort of like slightly down moment after. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, I, I'm very excited for her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I love John Chu, but I don't think he's going to get me to watch a Willow series nope probably not I, not uh, for me either I have, <laughs> like, I, have, I have zero interest in that i just keep telling myself it's like he's getting that lucasfilm disney money and he's like let's just do this blah blah whatever milk it and, for all yeah, it's exactly. worth like i don't begrudge him at all yeah i don't I, judge like, him for it at all but i i judge him, him a tiny bit other, <laughs> I, I want him to just be doing other things that's it's just you know. right exactly children of blood and bone is actually an excellent book so i'm very excited that that's getting a series you know what i'm not excited for the no. last Indiana Jones movie. Like, are you crazy? Please, please oh. make it stop. Yeah, Why? I don't, Why? No one asked. No, I mean, I, I guess I have one friend who probably did, but other than that, no one asked for it. Like, I don't understand. I don't like. Are we bringing Shia LaBeouf back? Especially after I don't know if you all read the what's her name F K Twigs filed yeah. a suit against him oh, for relationship abuse. Basically, oh, it sounded wow. pretty terrible. Yeah, it was, it was in the New York Times. I didn't even know he and F K Twigs were together. Honestly, I didn't either. But maybe no. they should. They should not have been. It sounds like. Yep, it, sounds but either like way, it. like he's he's he is someone who's become problematic. I just Indiana Jones had a time and a place, and I still love them. They are amongst my favorite movies. The Crystal Skull. We just don't speak of if we can. I actually we don't that one. <laughs> Matt, leave I, right now. I liked Sorry. it too. I, I did. I oh, I didn't think no. it was amazing. I didn't think it was amazing. But to be to be clear, I liked them aliens. all. But I don't think it was about amazing. aliens. I know. I loved that. But, but I the love other that. ones were all but about I, like uh, like the things that were popular in those eras, and aliens were huge. Uh, the, what was it? The fifties. Breaking my heart. In the same breath, I will say it wasn't necessary, and that like if you took it away, I would not cry. You know, I enjoyed it well enough, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue that it needed to be made. Yeah, I, okay, but, I guess my big question is like, what story does Indiana Jones have left to tell at this point? That's the thing. But they did make it very clear. The reason why I'm hopeful and don't really think Shia will be involved, or at least in the way that he could be, is they they very much were kind of like, this is the movie to finish that franchise. 
And if yeah. that's the case, why bother passing the torch? Which that's kind of what it seemed like Shia was in there for to potentially. I think if it one. had been more successful, they would have kept it going. Yeah, probably. But now that they're not, because they're that they're seeing this as very because they they said they literally said to close it out to finish. Right. Well, maybe so. Yeah. Out. So maybe they close it out and then they reboot in a couple of years. Which I'm yeah, not saying they should, sure. but that's no, I but that's wouldn't put it past them. I also, like I'm torn on James Mangold because I love Logan. Like that was a beautiful film. It was a it was a great perfect ending film. Hated Ford v Ferrari. Oh, hated it. Hated it so much. It's just so... For a movie that's supposed to be about going fast, it was very slow. Um, (laughs) But then, you know, and I'm also like, the Wolverine was very bad. He redeemed himself, obviously, with Logan, but... I have thoughts about him because, again, yeah, the Wolverine, oh my gosh. And then, uh, but I... I love Walk the Line, like a lot. No. I love it. It's fine, I'm not... You don't like Walk the Line? I don't like Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, ooh, ooh. I love Joaquin. He's one of my faves. He's one but, of these faves. <laughs> well, but but yeah, whatever. I mean, I love off the line. I thought like Girl Interrupted was fun back in the, you know, I mean, I, not fun, but I liked it, you know? And so I, and I thought, I also thought Logan was a really, really great film. It's not like my favorite of the X-Men movies, but I think it was, it was really well I mean, done. I think after the direction the X-Men movies had been going yes. to see a film like Logan was so refreshing. It was refreshing. And it was, and it was kind of like showing what that character can really be. Cause we've decided that we just need to have Wolverine and everything. And it's like the fact that they were like, Hey, let's actually put some more depth to him and make him worth that. What he was yeah. getting, you know, don't be, don't be wrong. I want to see Hugh Jackman and everything. I love Hugh, but I just, I agree. But I'm, yeah, I'm torn about the director too because he's he's got some big turds, and so knowing <laughs> that he's doing Indiana Jones is kind of like, well, it's not really instilling confidence. Yeah, we'll see on that one. And then they did like a brief Nat Geo stint, and at that point, I was yeah. screaming. I was like, just bring us the other stuff because this was two hours into this presentation. Yeah, I had a really ex- interesting experience watching this Nat Geo portion. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm so envious of the things they announced because I want to just be flown around the world. Like Will mm-hmm. Smith, this is Darren Aronofsky and Will Smith, a pairing I would not expect. That is just no, something I would, I would have never have expected. Yeah, that. would not, would not. not well, sure. I, to be fair, I wouldn't have expected any of this. I, so Dana, I don't know if you know this. I'm like the definition of a fanboy of Darren Aronofsky. I do know that, yes. <laughs> to the point where like, I will find the merits even in, in his crappiest work. Like I, I love him. And so I knew I follow what he's doing as closely as he will allow because he's very mysterious. And I knew he was working on docu stuff because he's been posting and he's always posting nature stuff and stuff like in recent year or so. And so I knew this, but I had no idea it was a Nat, two Nat Geo projects. I had no idea they were. Well, how do you, but how do you feel about him working with one of your least favorite people, Will Smith? Well, I should, I mean, he's not like my least favorite people. I just don't really love him as an actor. I know, but he's, you know. You know, so it's, I mean, I, you know, I think as a person, he seems totally lovely. I I like, it's more just the style of comedy. I like him in the more serious roles. It's like, I don't like that style of comedy. Oh, I'm I'm in the opposite boat. I'm like, stop trying to be serious. Oh, yeah. See, I'd prefer the serious stuff more, even though I hate some movies he's done that are serious, but. It's kind of like it's that comedy that I, where you're always on, like the Jim Carrey style. Like it's oh, just not yeah, my, yeah, it's yeah. not yeah. my style. It's, of comedy. it's relentless. Yeah. And so in this, he looked at least not like he's you know Independence Day Will Smith. So at least I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, I don't know. I was interested, but I I'm more just kind of I don't know. I was I was very shocked. I was taken aback by all of it. <laughs> Well, so Will Smith had been doing a bunch of, I want to say YouTube or Facebook videos or something like that of just like bucket list type stuff. Again, I'm very envious of all these people because basically what they've done is they've gotten Disney to subsidize adventures for them. 
I would love those jobs, right? Like I would love to, well, maybe not the Chris Hemsworth one where he's like, I'm going to get like, really I could totally fit. see you doing that though. <laughs> but I was like, I would be so happy if somebody would pay for me to get a trainer like that. Sure. No problem. If that's all I have yeah. to do and I don't have to worry about like day job stuff. Great. Sign me up. <laughs> you know, that's the luxury of being famous. Apparently is like, yeah. you already are in that shape. We're going to pay you even more. Right. So these, these all just feel like sort of boondoggles, right? Where it's like, yeah, sure. I'll make a, a documentary about the coolest places on earth. Why not? Nat Geo will pay for it. Exactly. I do like the Jeff Goldblum show of Nat Geo's on Disney Plus. Like it was I thought that enjoyable was enough. Fun. I thought but, that was fun. Yeah. I was laughing at the Chris Hemsworth one because it looks interesting, but I don't know if you guys watched the presentation, like the sizzle of it, everything. Yeah. I saw I saw this one, yeah. I mean, it's just a bunch of just Chris. I mean, and my sister, when we were texting about my sister is hugely into Chris Hemsworth, and we were, you know, which I think a lot of people are, but we were texting about it and she, we were talking about the shows and she goes, yeah, you know, she's like, I'll probably watch it. Cause I, you know, I'm into that. I'm into that stuff. And I was like that, that stuff being, being an, an eight, an eight barely, yes. like barely <laughs> yeah. clothed in every scene, pushing his body to the limits. Like you're into that. Stuff. Yeah. We're all goes, into that stuff. It yeah, doesn't she, matter who you are. You're into she's it. Like, well, well, she's like, Oh, you know, like the nature stuff, but yeah, I'm into that too. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> but it was just funny. Cause I, watching it, I was like, this is literally just a bunch of different scenes of just glorifying Chris Hemsworth's body. Like that's yeah. into like, oh, it. Oh, he doesn't have a shirt on here. He doesn't have a shirt on here. I he's will objectify the hell out of him. Yep. Totally. And he's here. The thing is, and I've actually, I met him one time in, in the office at my old job because we were going to be doing a show that he was involved with and the nicest, nicest guy of all time. And I think he's just totally in on it. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Objectify me. Like whatever, like pay me and objectify. That's fine. He knows he's gorgeous. He knows he's, you know, a statue and he's just like going to milk that for all it's worth. And I'm like, get your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I think I mean? everybody, everybody doing with these Nat Geo projects, like no, what they're getting yeah. into and i i respect it i respect yeah. it and i just wish i got to do it too yeah they also okay. announced james cameron's doing something about whales which i thought was oh james cameron's always doing something it, always whatever. something like that yeah and it was like <laughs> something was like, in the water like, with brand new technology and i'm like what does james cameron do that isn't with brand new technology all he does with all of his titanic money is fund science experiments on how to get more cameras underwater yep i was like if Deeper. he does another frigging wreck dive or whatever for some ship that nobody cares about at this point. I Anyway. Yeah. And then they went to Disney Plus TV series. And this is these are the ones I cared the least about. Yeah. Like, at this point, I was very tired of it. We're getting a Mighty Ducks reboot. All right, sure. Which I think we knew about, but, like, I just couldn't care. Yeah. Yeah, Turner and Hooch with Josh Peck. I'm like, that. you want to talk about things that are aimed at. Again, yeah. Like, I don't understand. That's not even 30. That's like 40 no. and above. Like, yeah, like, people um, of our generation don't even like that movie. It's our parents. Yeah. And even so, bizarre. I'm like, well, I guess, no, I guess they like it because it's Tom Hanks and a dog. But the way she introduced it, I can't remember. She's like, you probably don't know who Josh Peck is, but your kids do. And I was like, what age of people do you think is watching this? Exactly. I was like, right I was like, so, like, you think my grandma's watching this? Because like, it was, it was very bizarre. Yeah, like, like you may not yeah. know, but your kids do. So my parents in their sixties, they know. That was actually the vibe I got from quote Disney Plus TV series is that it's aimed at tweens. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I'm not saying Turner and Hooch is the right thing to aim at tweens, but John Stamos has a show. The what is it? The Mysterious Benedict Society with Tony Hale and Christian Shaw. I guess it's based on a book. Yeah, I haven't I guess read it's like it. One so of the, I, don't... I guess it's like a huge, huge like best. Yeah, I think they're all why it's YA. It felt yeah. like, but I, the, none of these feel aimed at us, which is fine, right? Like Disney Plus is not just for us no. as much as we. The think only one that I kind of felt could be a little aimed, and again, I think it was before our 
time, but as a kid, we were obsessed with it. Was was Family Robinson? Mm-hmm. We used to yeah. watch that. All <laughs> that time. one came out of nowhere. I like Ron Moore, so I am excited about that. I don't really. I mean, it's Ron Moore and John M. Chu. Both yeah. good things. I love both of them. I don't yeah. really have. I don't care about Swiss Family Robinson at all. My family yeah, we didn't used to watch, watch it, it as a kid, so, so I don't so have. I've, it, I've you know. never seen it. I, I've never seen it. I have no reference for it, but I enjoy Ron. And then Moore. Disneyland. That treehouse used to be Swiss Family Robinson. Oh, yeah. I, I remember I used, that. I used to love it. And then I'm actually excited about Percy Jackson. I actually really love the books quite a bit. And so them finally making a better version of it would be really great. I, I would love if they made a good them. version. Yeah. Rick Reardon is on board for this one. So hopefully yeah. um, it's they're not as terrible really as fun. The films. Really fun books. They're, and I, I they're just, like very like they're brain candy. Like if you want yeah. some time just to do something fun, it, you can yeah. get through them and you can get through one in an afternoon really easily. I read a, a bunch of them and then I sort of tapped out, but I love yeah. everything Greek mythology. Exactly. So. so if they do it right, it's fun, right? And as I say, if there are two Disney characters that I've always wanted more and more and more from, oh. it's Gaston and LeFou. So I, I, I mean, I just want to know more. Like, tell me more about why you are this way. You know? like the, literally, it's like, I think it's actually my worst nightmare in some senses because I already hate the live action things. And then you've got a chauvinist white man as the lead. Like... These are things I don't need in my life. These are things nobody needs in their lives. Like, stop adapting these things. Stop creatively bankrupting yourself. Nobody asked for this. Nope. Who asked Not for a, this? No one wants Except I for Matt. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I don't know a single person in the world. And, and I will say, Beauty and the Beast is perhaps, I think my sister's favorite animated, you know, Disney film. And like, I know a lot of, everyone loves it, right? I don't know a single person that I've ever met who has ever voiced that they care about Gaston or LeFou at all. <laughs> like, as far as like, you want to know more? Talk about Gaston is kind of like a Prince Hans frozen villain where it's kind of like you didn't really need like a full, full, full villain because the beast was kind of the villain, you know, <laughs> like for a lot of it. So it was this thing where it's like, he's just not interesting. He's, he's a character. I mean, he's also the embodiment of toxic masculinity. 100%. Like, don't give me a show about this. He's a caricature. And the thing is, I remember in the live action film, they dropped that line that he served in like the military or something. So I'm really worried that that's where we're going to be coming. Is like we're going to be giving him, like, trying to make him into someone we care about. And I'm like, why are you going to try to make us care about this guy that is designed for us to hate him? Right. Why are you, like, this is not somebody who needs redemption? No, not at all. No. He's the worst other than, like, Cruella DeVille, which we're also getting. I was moving about this later. But I'm just like, we don't need to redeem these people at all. You know what else doesn't need to happen? A Hocus Pocus sequel. Hocus sequel. Yep. I I have a, a I mean there are so many people who are obsessed with Hocus Pocus but I have a friend who could not care less about I think say 90% of the announcements or 99% of the announcements that were made during this but I immediately sent him that announcement I was like welcome to hell <laughs> Like, why would you make what? And it's just because it had it's had a resurgence in the last ten years it or really so, where has. people are just sort of suddenly obsessed with it. That I mean, I remember watching it as a child, but I there was definitely no merch or anything interesting until very recently. So yeah, um, I liked it. I feel as like it did well off. enough, but it, but yeah, it's like it these recent off. years, it's really gotten its legs. Which you know, whatever, cool. Another one is Three Men and a Baby, which. I find that the original very funny, especially when I was a kid. I haven't seen it in recent years. So I don't have a huge, I don't understanding of what I don't, it's like. I bet you it didn't age as well. Like, don't go back. Yeah, that's what Not I mean. Not a bad is, way, but just like, yeah. yeah. I figure it couldn't possibly age well Um, when it was, yeah. the, the funny part is that three men are actually taking care of a baby. Ha, 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 ha. But like, right. why? It's just another one of those like franchise things where it's like, just make a different movie. 
you know. The, well, there was another. What's the other one that it was like that? Well, we're gonna cheaper by, cheaper the, by dozen. the dozen. Yeah, yeah, oh. cheaper by and like, that's I, already been remade. And and it's also we don't need... did anyone love either version of that movie? Like, is anyone like they're oh, both like I, watchable? Didn't but... the Steve Martin ones make a lot of money? Somehow? Oh, did they? I feel like I that know. ended up. I mean, I, I feel like there were two sequels or something like that, which yeah. I was shocked by. There I, were, yeah, yeah. I get that they are recasting it and making it people of color. Because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be, you know, it's Gabrielle Union, but that doesn't just give her a different sitcom just or movie do, or whatever. Just it is. do like, something. Just else. do something new. Well, it's just do something exactly. New. It's just frustrating because there's other funny stories to tell than Three Men and a Baby. There's other funny stories, you know, family stories to tell that aren't cheaper by exactly. the dozen. Neither Someone... of those plots are like so originally right. crazy or that like you have to just you have to yeah that you have to remake it. You know, it's yeah, kind like of the like the name recognition for cheaper yeah. by the dozen is not. It's kind of like we watch things Ray like Nick, like the name re- recognition for three minute a baby at this point has got to be pretty low too. That's I mean, what that I mean was, is who cares? And it's like even though we you know we we've gotten a lot of different like say like Freaky Friday or like Parent Trap right, but you can also take that same kind of concept and just make a different story in a movie and don't call it that. Like where we see Groundhog Day things all the time, and I'm not saying yeah. I need them all. But what I don't need is another Groundhog Day. So it's like, if you're going to do it, okay, do a, a different kind of version. It really confuses me because nobody, nobody cares. Palm Springs is a film that came out this year that I thought was great. And it's a Groundhog Day That's type Groundhog concept, Day. but happy, it's not. Happy it's Death not Day. It's not Groundhog Day. It's mm-hmm. the same yeah. kind of thing. Happy like, Death Day was great. There are so many. Um, 12 Dates of Christmas with Amy Smart. I mean, there are so many. As opposed to the other 12 Dates of Christmas that we're watching? <laughs> As opposed to the other one, yeah. The not more important one. <laughs> but anyway. So they... Yeah, they announced a bunch of sports movies, which fine. I like. I whatever. Yeah, pass. Yeah, not yeah. my thing. Like, no offense, there I just are, don't like sports. <laughs> it's just not my. thing. I like sports, but I just I. Yeah. You have to be a really good sports movie for me to. And they're all they're they all seem biographical, which is fine. What is it? Flora and Ulysses, which I think is a kids movie. Mm-hmm. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but animated. Oh boy. Yeah. Ice Age. I Jesus. Ice Age is getting a that spinoff. Shocked me. Oh my god! Night. <sighs> a Night at the Museum animated film. Oh yeah, that one as well. I mean, I've seen that. I've seen one of those movies. I can't say that I thought it was that great to warrant this. But there are, I mean, there are three of them. So someone else, someone else loves them. them. Just not me. And the Ice Age one really confused me because honestly, when Disney acquired these different properties and stuff, yeah, yeah, under Fox and all this and Blue Sky, I honestly felt worried for Blue Sky, thinking like okay, well, why are they going to want to keep this other, you know, house around? And so, again, not saying that they were going to just close it down, but it was surprising to think, oh, we're actually greenlighting another film that's based on a franchise that they did before we had them or whatever. It just kind of felt weird to me or show, whatever it is. Well, so Ice Age, Ice Age movies make kajillions of dollars internationally. Okay, Like, I think Ice Age movies alone could probably justify that Blue Sky acquisition. It's, you know, creatively they are... That first one I love, but everyone else. The first one is fine. I I like the first one. Yeah. I have a hard time with the rest. (laughs) Yeah, I remember I have a bunch of friends who work at Blue Sky or worked at Blue Sky, and it was very, you know, stressful during, but I think at least they're getting feature films out of them still. They didn't, it's interesting that they didn't mention any of the other kind of Blue Sky films that are, I think there are a couple that were still in production, but yeah, I mean, none of these are aimed at us, is the other thing I will say. So, Whatever. And, and not everything has to be right, but it's but I just feel mm, like debatable. some right, <laughs> but some things I'm like, but who are you aiming that at? Right. Just weird. And then Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I, I kind of like 
I think it's yeah. cute. I don't. I'm not going to care about it probably, but I think it's cute for kids. You know, like I think it's cute too. I don't care, but I love the director and like it's basically the lonely. I don't. You know, Akiva Schaefer is part of the Lonely Island. Andy Samberg is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. John Mulaney's Chip. Andy Samberg's Dale. This is a very specific brand of humor that yeah. I am a fan of, and I'd be willing to give it a chance. I think they'll play off each other well. Yeah, for sure. And then we got into the live action films when this bit played. In the presentation and they showed all the posters of the live action adaptations oh, they of, are like, so proud. The animated films i just started screaming they are so proud like they were just like Ugh. it gives us you know even more to look into doing these other like they're just talking like this is what the world is asking for and i'm like who's no. asking for this nobody's no. asking for this no one no one wants it we knew pinocchio because we talked about that in oh with the witches i have fears. robert zemeckis have, is doing it i have fears i mean and robert zemeckis is another one of those directors who has just done some of the greatest things and done some of the most like mind-boggling things to me so it's just it's, like the I witches. never right i just never know what i'm gonna get and well it's also uh, tom hanks and you know it's gonna be some cg and mm-hmm. i'm just like polar express Mm-hmm. never never to be forgiven for polar express never never to be forgiven it's literally like the textbook example of what not to do <laughs> i agree and so it's just, valley like yeah it's so it's it's just i don't know it it, it puzzles me because zemeckis is also one of those directors who's had such like one of the more diverse like film histories when you look at like as far diverse as far as like style of project not necessarily right talent involved but it's like how did this person who made back to the future who made what lies beneath who made you know the witches who made polar express like how does this person exist like it's just it's like well how is it the same person that's that's, the question that's what i mean like it's just so like what the heck it's like ryan murphy making glee and american horror story in the same breath it's like (laughs) this doesn't make sense to me so I find that fascinating, but also worrisome. Oh, I do feel like Ryan Murphy, at least the style of things feels very similar to me. I think Ryan Murphy has two distinct styles that he leans into. And yeah. like, at least you're like, okay, th- he's being camp or he's being it's exactly. um, scary. It's camp or <laughs> you know, scary. And it's yeah. one or the other. Yeah. And then sometimes but Zemeckis, combine, I'm like, but... Zemeckis, he can do anything. Uh, well, not necessarily yeah. well, but he does do. Exactly. He does try. Yeah. Uh, remember, Be- here... remember Beowulf? Oh, oh my God. I Wolf. saw that in New York at Lincoln Center, like midnight showing IMAX. We're so excited. I think I fell asleep. Somebody somebody fell asleep during so it. So offended. It was bad. You know what else is probably going to be bad is Peter Pan and Wendy. I want nothing <laughs> oh, to do Jude with Jude Law it. is going to be in it, I think. Captain like, Hook, yeah. I, yeah. I just, and I like Jude Law. Yara Yar Shahidi is Tinkerbell. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. I just want nothing to do with it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just upset. I yeah. mean, we, we, talk, we touched on it before when we talked about watching another spectacular film, I think, that we watched this year. Um, <laughs> but our favorite come away (laughs) yes but peter pan is is one of my all times and i just it's it's rough it's rough we've had a lot of attempts this next one is very timely considering godmothered we're getting enchanted to disenchanted with amy adams back who asked for it no one's asked i mean part of me is like if this had come out a couple years after enchanted it could have been Funny. I don't know. I, this is one of the few ones where I'm like, if because Enchanted was so unexpected and so well done, yeah. there's a chance it could surprise me. True. It just feels a I, small to that, chance. To that note, I just think it's like too little. It's like too late. It's just kind of yeah. like well, the, yeah, maybe think, at the time. But it feels dated. Yeah. Like a couple years after, like you were just saying, probably would have been excited for it, actually. But now at this point, it just feels. Unless they embrace the fact that it's because because Enchanted, the first one was so sort of self-aware of the tropes. If this one leaned into the fact, because it's called Disenchanted, if it leaned into the fact that like it's really tough being a modern woman and you know she's just like broken down by life and stuff like that, 
I could I could find some weird sick enjoyment in whatever storyline could develop out of that. Like there are premises there that don't scare me as much, but I think it's going to be a disaster. Is what I I'm thought thinking. it would be interesting if not that it needs to be this cliched, I guess, but if she went from being real to animated instead and that a lot of it was an animated film. See, I assumed she was going to become a villain. That'd be exciting. That would make I, happy I mean, I'd enjoy her being a villain. Yeah, the real world breaks her. And so yeah. we get the story of how the villains come about in these, what, I don't know. Yeah, no, that could We're be interesting. But then I was like, yeah. Feel free to hire me. It's yeah. interesting, yeah. All right, it's interesting if it's going to be, they they said that she's returning, but who else? Like, is Patrick Dempsey involved? Is James Marsden? Is Adina Menzel involved? You know, like all these people Ooh, yeah. that are, and, you know, Disney people at this point, you know, and it, it's, so it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, oh God, speaking of returning, Sister Act 3. Whoopi. Whoopi's got bills to pay. I know. I love Whoopi and I'm and I'm <sighs> I'm not I'm trying not to judge. I I think if they let her be Whoopi. She is know, producing. Like, so yeah. I will say at least hopefully hopefully we can put some trust in her. I don't know, but as far as that goes I just don't need just, it. I think is what it comes it, down it's to. It's not necessary and I guess I guess it's the kind of thing where if it was if it was a, a, another sequel to Sister Act or a reboot of Sister Act, I guess I would rather have another sequel than a reboot. I mm-hmm. think, but <laughs> I just don't need any of it. So <laughs> it's it's really hard. And then yeah, I think that leads us to things we really aggressively don't need. Oh. Jump Jungle Cruise. Okay, I love The Rock. The Rock is I'm obsessed with The Rock. So yes, I know. The, you know, and we don't have a good track record with rides to film. Well, and I for just Disney, thought that I thought that trailer was a oh my god! I, I I've forgotten. I purchased. I thought that the but, trailer yeah, wasn't I, great, but I and it also it looked like a regurgitation of even like Brendan Fraser the Mummy. Like the story was the same. I was just like, this is what are we doing? But you know, I, there's an audience for it. My cousin's a huge, huge into Jungle Cruise and is very excited for this film. So, you know, I I hope for them that it does well if they you know if it's good. <laughs> but, yeah, but the the thing that Makes me so sad. Barry Jenkins doing a Lion King prequel. Like Barry Jenkins is such a talented director, tells such thoughtful, creative stories. Why? Money. The answer is money. But I, I don't know. I ask myself this question. The it's a rhetorical. Money, it's but, a rhetorical question. Yeah, we know the answer, but why? Because why? Like, and, and what are we just? Gonna, we're going to be learning about like Mufasa and Scar as children. Like, I don't understand. Who, no one asked I, it's just another one where it's like develop something more original. Uh, and then we've got The Little Mermaid, which we knew was coming. Yeah. No, no, no surprises. It was know, kind of like officially new. confirming cast that I know. I mean, I know for me, some of the articles about like, oh, Melissa McCarthy, this or Aquafina. I never knew for sure what was like official, what wasn't. So I was interested to see the official confirmations. No big surprises. But also, please know. Speaking of speaking of Aquafina, love her to bits. Yeah. But much like. Patty Jenkins. Yep. I was like, Aquafina is in every like yeah. three different other movies of yeah. Disney. And I get it. Shang-Chi, Once you're in the house. Uh-huh. Shang-Chi yep. and then this and then Raya, right? Right now. Yep. And and I'm like, okay, great. But Yeah, it's like uh, you get it. There are other crazy. Asian women who are funny. Yeah. Shocking, like, I know. But well, or like a role like Scuttle is like, you're a bird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't need to be. And, and so representation, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I get it. They cast the people who are, the, you know, they vetted, they they work with, et cetera. But I, I was like, this is starting to get a little repetitive. And I don't want to deprive her of opportunities. But I'm also like, who else can we elevate? Yeah. You know, 
It's true. And I will say like the one, even though they're not doing it with Eric and this and that, I I said before, I think on our podcast that that movie feels like such an opportunity to just like diversify the heck out of it because it's like, there are no rules we have to follow about how you're related to people. This and that, because you're all mer people. We, they could be anything. And I do love that Javier Bardem is Ariel's father is Triton, you know? So it's like, we have these two completely different, you know, like I, I like that. And I'm hoping that her sisters are all just colorful as heck and that everyone in the Mer Kingdom is just, I hope it's just a mirage. Yeah. And I mean, people. I think the biggest thing is Ariel of color. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's amazing in itself. But I just mean like I have, that is one thing about that film as much as I don't like these live actions happening. That's one merit yeah. I'm seeing from that. Agreed. Agreed. Moving on to Disney animation and Aquafina, Ryan, the last dragon. I think the only sort of interesting thing for this was they are because it was, I mean, it was already supposed to come out, I think, but they're doing premiere access again on Disney plus and like a simul release in theaters. So I'm assuming that means we have to pay for it again. I think so. And can I just say like the beginning of the presentation and they casually mentioned this about Raya happening at that point, even though they hadn't gotten to this point where they're talking about Disney animation, they did reiterate how important theaters are to them. Mm-hmm. which made me really happy just you know because we've talked about this a lot I know but just I, I you know like I'm hopeful that the theaters can survive and I, I I need them to for my sanity and I hope that it'll be safe to go again soon well soon in the grand scheme of things you know not like tomorrow but yeah but if it's safe magically in March and things are open enough whatever I will drag my ass to a theater to watch this because I I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the film but uh, it is an interesting thing that they're doing the, the side-by-side thing I think that I think it's also interesting that they've done it for Disney films. They didn't do it for Pixar. Right. That's what I thought. Soul is something that they could have tried that out on, but, um, but maybe they're like, you know what? We 2020 right now, things are, they're like, you know what? It's not responsible to say, go to the movies at the moment. So we're just not going to do that with soul. And then they're hopeful that by March with, you know, vaccine, new president, all these things that maybe things will be a little bit better. So they're thinking, I mean, not to I, I not know. to bring it down. I'm like people. The only people who are going to have vaccines at that point are like frontline workers and. I know, people, but I but, but <laughs> part of me just but I just mean like I think yeah, they're, I, they're I feeling more hopeful about there. it. Yeah. And and they could still change. They could say, look, theaters aren't even open. You know who knows? But that's their plan at the moment, and I'm here for it. So I'm hoping. I don't know. And yeah. I will say that they showed really really limited little clips of that as it as they were introducing the movie. And man, I mean, of course Disney they do pretty like no one else. You know, as far as how things look, but. I was so excited to see that the dragon, the really quick shot of her flying, she was so much cuter than I thought she was going to be based on the concept art we saw at D23. So that just made mm. me happy. <laughs> it's not shocking, but it made me happy. <laughs> was up? And then they, they announced four different shows. Yeah, they Disney did. Plus shows. Wow. There were, it's oh, intense. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm fine. I think one thing that made me like a little bit sad was they picked the two quote princesses or female protagonists. I did like that. They said heroines actually yeah. of color to port to Disney plus. And I, it's a double-edged sword, right? Cause I'm like, okay, that's great that these stories get to continue and that we're getting to see more out of these characters. But does this mean that they don't get feature films again? I guess, but if you weren't going to do a feature film again, all right, fine. It, it's, I think it's just a, like a personal, not stigma, but a adjustment I have to make on considering things for streaming to still be treated as top tier. Because I think prior to this, if you were like, oh, that's getting a streaming thing, you'd be like, oh, they didn't feel they didn't like like it enough to make it a movie, you know? Yeah, they didn't trust it enough. Oh, I can see that. There's a bit of a history with, I think, with direct to video and and stuff, but also like, you know, Tangled has its own animated show and, you know, 
Little Mermaid Ariel oh, got the animated yeah, show back in the 90s, which is a gem you should check out on Disney Plus if you have not. <laughs> I am, I mean, I am a massive Princess and the Frog fan, and I, I am so excited that Tiana is going to be getting a show where presumably she will not be a frog. And so hopefully, you know, and it could coincide with, you know, the news of what they're doing with Splash Mountain, stuff like that. And I, I just think it's, it's an exciting opportunity to kind of continue that story if they never thought about doing a sequel. My biggest right. uh, curiosity is if she's going to be 3D like she was Rick Ralph 2 versus going back to 2D. I, my dreams would be that it would be 2D, but I'm guessing it would be 3D. I mean, I could see them. I don't know. There are ways to sort of fake 2D as well these days. Sure, but. true, true. And then the the partnership for Kugali was, it was cool, you know. I thought this it's looked interesting pretty that they're cool. Willing to, yeah, I wish we had more details. Yeah, I wish I had more details, but the art I thought was really cool. And I thought that the, you know, the intention to part, I love that when she talked about it, she was like, when they came out and I guess they had said on Twitter or something that they like were. They wanted to be a competitor too. Yeah, yeah kind of like they're, they're going to bring Disney, Disney down. And she's like, and I saw that and I was intrigued. So we reached out to them. <laughs> I thought, how cool is that? That like they, who, if they would have thought that just tweeting out or whatever they did would get them this, you know? Like, it's, I mean, I, did, I don't know if I thought it was cool. I was like, well, how cocky is that? As Disney's like, we're going to buy you. And you don't, you won't be able to say no. <laughs> it is cocky, but I, but I guess I just mean like from someone who like wants to be yeah, a right. in certain ways, the idea that you could just say something snarky and then suddenly land a huge deal with the big. I mean, it's, it's like Simu Liu with, uh, you know, tweeting out like, Hey Marvel, where are you at? Like, where are your Asian superheroes? Right. However many years before and then getting Shang-Chi. cast. It's like, okay. All right. <laughs> what was the, oh, they had one more animated film and that is the Lin-Manuel Miranda one, which when they, they were talking about it and they're like, blah, blah, and then they're like, end up, and music by, I was like, it's going to be Lin-Manuel Miranda. No. There's no way it's not going to be Lin-Manuel. Like he is top of their payroll as he should be. And I, have mixed, I have mixed feelings about it. I think that the movie, I think it's really pretty and stuff. I, I like Lin-Manuel's work with Disney and stuff, but it's kind of like the thing they did with Alan Menken and stuff too. But it's like, they, they just latch on and it's like now everything is like, of course it's Lin Manuel and or it's gonna be the frozen the frozen couple. You know, it's like it's it's either those oh, two. Oh yeah, pods the, the Anderson Lopez. Yeah. And, and again, I know it was like that with Alan Menken in the nineties and stuff, but it's a thing where I'm kind of like, okay, but a lot of the music that these different people make can sound kind of similar to each other. And mm-hmm. so I kind of want someone new or someone, you know, someone else involved, but you know. But well, yeah. Like, I mean, it's the same, it's the same with Akafina. It's the same with right. Patty Jenkins. It's like, where, where can we bring in more people? Exactly. Right? But like, I do think that the, the vibe of this film seems like it'll suit Lin-Manuel's style, just like Moana did really well, you know? Yeah. Um, so as long as it works. As opposed to like a little mermaid to me where I'm like, what? Yeah. That was, I was like, what if we brought someone like really like some, someone actually Caribbean or something like really cool in here. Who's like, we haven't heard from before. Like that would be really cool. But you know, that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> it, it looks fine. You know, it'll be, yeah. it'll be whatever. And Pixar, lots of streaming stuff. Yeah. A, another car series. Oh boy. Um, I, I but, texted my sister and I was just like, I thought we were done with this. Like with cars, no. but I know it's a big merch maker. So well, yeah, everyone like, clearly you've not been to a toy store. Well, none of us have been to a toy store in however many months, but you know, <laughs> I'm sure Disney asked them for it more than Pixar being like, we really want to do this. So yeah, that'd be my guess. But Luca, we knew it was coming out. That's mm-hmm. they've shown bits for that. T- Turning red is the official name of it. I'm yeah. so excited for. Yeah, this is actually, I'm really excited to see this. And I got to learn this is the movie that my sister's working on. So uh, I'm very excited about it. It's yeah. super cute. And, and it looks Domi, cute. She is, she's the first female, well, and not counting Brenda Chapman, but for solo female director with a feature at Pixar. Jim well, Mary and her short was the cutest thing of all time. Oh, wow. So. Love it. Love it so much. So, so good. Oh, oh. <laughs> this one made me laugh. Ugh, okay. 
this is this is a topic I probably know too much about, like inner workings of the studio. But um, I they announced Lightyear, which is a <sighs> Buzz Lightyear film, which is not about the toy Buzz Lightyear, no. but about the Buzz Lightyear character who inspires the toy Buzz Lightyear. You want to talk about meta ness? But the best part to me is that. They were just like, goodbye, Tim Allen. Thank you for your years mm-hmm. and years of voicing. We brought in Chris Evans. <laughs> it's bizarre. I don't, I mean, I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, I'm sure I like Chris Evans, so. You know, if it's going to be like a Pixar's version of kind of like a space epic in a way, it could be super fun. I thought that the the rendering of, of him as a real person versus the toy was kind of cool. I This is never something I ever would ask for, but. I'm willing to go into open-minded and kind of be like, it could be fun. And if we get to see, you know, real Zerg, that could make me happy because Zerg is an all-time fave of mine. So. Oh, yeah, that could be cool. That'd be fun. I didn't even think about that. I just, I'm not. We'll see. I, I don't know. Buzz Lightyear. I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sold yeah. on it, but then a lot of the Pixar sequels I wasn't sold on until I saw them. So I guess. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, I happened, like, I, this could be unpopular too, but Toy Story 4 really, really did it for me. And I was like, I do not want this film to even happen. And I loved it. So you just I, I completely agree. I was I was in the same boat because I thought the ending of Toy Story 3 was so beautiful. It just wrapped it up. It, it was, was like, so perfect that why would we do another one? But then I loved Toy Story 4. So I, I loved it. The second Forky, I saw Forky. I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm yeah, in. see, it, I didn't like, even like is... Forky. I didn't even like him in the teasers and stuff. And then in the movie, I liked him. But I was like, this movie, what is happening? And then I, I, I sat so there much. and I, I bawled like a, like a child in that movie. The existential crisis that is Forky. I was like, this speaks to me now. And, and Toy Story 3. <laughs> Very relatable, time, yeah. Yeah, Toy Story 3 at the time, I remember, I distinctly remember I went to, I went to two different screenings for it. I was still living in New York and it was very weird because the first one was this sort of preview screening and they only short showed 40 minutes of the film. Weird. So it was stuck on this sort of cliffhanger and they ended at like the potato head or Mr. Um, Tortilla head sequence. And I was like, what happens next? <laughs> and then the other screening I went to was like a, a event screening and it was during the day and it was a very small theater and it was me and like a couple other critics and a bunch of school children. And huh. I am sitting there bawling my eyes out. This is for three. So at the end, and you know, when they hold hands and I'd like, I was just feeling it. I was like, I'm done with college. I don't know what's going on here. Like, what am I doing with my life? Did My childhood is over. And it, just, it was, it was very cathartic, but also just poignant for that moment, especially like, you know, when the first Toy Story came out versus where well, I was. Well, it was written life. for us and like where we exactly. were in our lives at that point. So it, right. The, the parallels were perfect. And then when they were like, it's four coming out. I was like, no, how dare you? But I, I love four. Yeah, no, so, it's great. That was a very long-winded way of saying, we'll see what happens with Lightyear. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's all we could say. But Buzz Lightyear has not been my favorite character. So I like Chris um, Evans. <laughs> Chris Evans is fine. Yeah. Yes. I do, again, I don't quite know. I know there are reasons I'm sure that they cast Chris Evans or just not Tim Allen, basically. But in terms of brand safety stuff, it is funny that Chris Evans's latest sort of news beat was a more adult-related thing yeah. than Pixar or Disney is probably happy about. People have moved on, obviously, but I was like, oh, okay, Chris Evans. No, 100%. Go figure. Well, and then speaking of former Captain America, the showstopper at the end, Marvel. It actually didn't feel like a showstopper for me. The Star Wars stuff was really, I think, the biggest. The Star Wars of- stuff was, to me, the most interesting because it wasn't stuff we knew about whereas i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of this marvel stuff is fairly fleshed out and some of it's new but most of it we kind of had an idea was happening yeah there was a very interesting thing that kevin feige did in terms of his phrasing of some of the announcements he yeah. kept saying i'm pleased to confirm 
that fill in the blank is playing fill in the blank. I was like, oh, that's an interesting way to You're address acknowledging the fan part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the way they talked about Star Wars, which, you know, maybe they kept some of it even more under wraps, but it was, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But we got, we got our Falcon and Winter Soldier. We got Loki, um, WandaVision, all the stuff we knew. Uh, yeah, but we didn't know dates, I don't think, right? So Falcon, Winter we Soldier coming yeah. in March is pretty cool. Loki coming in May. Mm-hmm. Which I had is- no idea. Very exciting. They confirmed that they want to do Black Widow in theaters, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting one for me. I feel like it's risky. <laughs> we'll see. I think it's risky too, but I I am still holding out. Like, please, 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 make well, it so I that I, I, I can it's, it's see it in a theater. Risky to not offer the digital. Yeah, I think, I think what's interesting about it. Well, here's the thing. I have a lot to say about actually all these things, but, you know, they did talk about Hawkeye and I know we saw a lot of rumors about castings in the last couple of weeks. One of them that they didn't confirm, but was a rumor, was Florence Pooh. And what's interesting is I don't remember what date they said we're getting Hawkeye, but it's not as far out as I thought it would be. It almost feels like if Florence is in it, which we don't know if she is because they did not confirm it, but if she is, we need Black Widow before that. So that right. would be the only thing I know of that would potentially matter as far as when we get Black Widow. Right. Which is interesting to me. I mean, I think them wanting to do it May 7th in theaters is just hopeful and that they might still choose to do streaming. If they yeah, I mean, I guess to me it just says it aggressively doesn't figure into their other t- plans, right? If that they can gamble on. Ex- that's ex- not exactly. It. Because it just feels yeah. like, you know, they're going to move forward with all this stuff without us seeing it. It kind of, yeah, we don't really... Yeah, and then Shang-Chi, we, I think yeah. we knew a lot about. I was confused about the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. I think it may have just been the way they phrased it, but I was like, that's a movie, right? Like, it, they made yes. it sound like it's coming to Disney+. Plus. So, <laughs> oh yeah, no, so that's a movie, but I think it's just so connected to other things that it's like, you know, obviously WandaVision is kind of setting up her inclusion in it, and I know she's, uh-huh. we think, going to be kind of a big bad in it. I know she's filming right now. And obviously, I, I, you know, they didn't talk about Spider-Man. They mentioned it a couple times, but I know that's kind of more Sony's thing. It feels very much like WandaVision, then Doctor Strange will be setting up what's happening in this Spider-Verse <laughs> movie that we're getting, essentially. If oh my all God, these, yeah, we didn't talk know, in depth about that. But, but if all these Whoa. things are true... It seems like that it's all very connected and it's all starting with a Disney Plus show, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, because I would then, say it's starting with a Disney Plus show because we did get the two of them in other things, right? But oh, I, I, think, I just mean the series yeah. of events, I guess. That could be I setting was, off a big ripple. I was pretty excited that Ms. Marvel is going to be in this Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah, that was a cute reveal. I thought that was super fun. And in the and in the footage and stuff, it you know obviously she idolizes Carol, but she ships Carol Danvers and Valkyrie. Tessa Thompson it's Valerie, so cute. which I thought was kind of fun. Well, I know? just, and well, because I just, I love the character of Ms. Marvel. She's a pretty great. So I like that they kind of kept her that teenager. And I don't know. It's just, it's going to be good. Yeah, it did looked, we, it looked good. Did we know it was a show? Yeah, yes. we knew she was going to get a show, but we okay. didn't know she was going to be in Captain Marvel too. Okay, I think I forgot that it was, I thought it was a movie for some reason. Yeah, um, they announced that too, like, at D23 with, as a show with the same as the She-Hulk. Yeah. Got it. I was not at that one. So I think I just glossed oh, okay. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Captain Marvel 2, all exciting. Uh-huh. Hawkeye. Again, again, they phrase it like, you know, uh, confirming Haley Steinfeld yes, and yes, confirming yes. Tatiana Masalani, <laughs> She-Hulk. Something well, we were else all I find interesting. We were all hoping that Kate Bishop would be in Hawkeye, but we didn't know. So that was exciting. Yeah, I mean, and all, she, the all the pictures that have surfaced, she looks incredible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the pictures that have surfaced made it very clear that she was going to be in it. But 
totally. Still, but seeing her in her yeah. uniform and stuff too, it's like was scary. amazing. And I love I love Haley, and so it was. Like, well, okay. and it's just so obviously based off Matt Fraction's run. You know, they said well, they, they were announced going to, that too. But mm-hmm. I was just ho- glad to see yeah. that it looks even the logo. Yeah, the logo and everything just looks like it should, like Pizza Dog yeah. and all that stuff. It's very exciting. And and you know, talking about all these different things too, something that you are very aware of that I've talked about, like crying baby all the time is that I'm just like desperate for Daredevil to continue and I, that's my he's my favorite of all time and I just I want it Kevin Feige did say something while nothing was announced and stuff everything he did say something that got me thinking a little bit was when talking about She-Hulk he said and since it's a courtroom drama you never know who can show up oh yeah and he did say Tim Roth is coming back as Doomsday which I thought was very interesting uh, abomination like when, or abom- Doomsday oh my gosh wrong completely wrong fandom wrong universe yeah abomination yeah. And it's like, wait, what? Like, what timeline is this? It's very interesting. And then Mark Ruffalo will be Hulk. Uh, yeah, I, well. the Tim, the Tim Roth thing was interesting for me Threw because me. I feel like we've aggressively tried to stay away from any previous Hulk-related things. Right. Like we've acknowledged that that one exists, but because all the Edward Norton fallout and stuff, they just decide to kind of disassociate while saying, "Yeah, it, it happened." And then obviously we have, uh, you know, General Ro- or Ross. He's he's in other things as well civil war and stuff like that but other than that yeah given the way that they seem to be approaching spider-verse or spider-man which seems like a spider-verse scenario in live action you know they've we've had so many announcements recently i don't none of them seem to have been corroborated but like doc ock is back Mm -hmm. jamie fox we knew is coming all all sorts of people reprising their roles so i guess it's not unheard of to bring them back but i was just i feel like they tried to wash their hands clean of those other hulk movies 100 percent. and you know we we can't forget that at the end of the last Spider-Man film, Jonah Jameson was in it. Oh, yeah. As, as yep. Jason. And so it's like, it <laughs> yeah. seems like he's just Jonah and all the, you know, but whatever they're doing there. And then there's been rumors that now that Charlie Cox is going to be in that as Daredevil, which if that were to happen, I don't really want that. I just want him to have his own stuff. But, but it's interesting. But reintroduce him. But just the fact that his character. Well, it might be the way of introducing the Kingpin with Spider-Man as well. And, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio has been very vocal online about, like, please let this role continue because he wants to keep playing the Kingpin, <laughs> Will Savisk, you know? So, and so, I, anyway, it's just interesting to see what they could be doing. And then also, in Hawkeye, it was already announced before that um, Echo, the character, is going to be in it. But then, when watching the footage of Falcon and Winter Soldier, there's a character in that that very much looked like to me like it was Echo. So I was like, could she possibly be in that also? And Echo is a, a, a character that was created by David Mack, one of my favorite Daredevil writers, and she's a Daredevil character. Well, she's her own character, but you know she originates from Daredevil, and she's Native American as well as deaf, and the actress is both. And so I think that's really cool that that's going to be kind of coming here to the Marvel world. It just feels. I'm hopeful anyway about my my chances yeah, of I mean, hopefully getting there's my There's no guy. there's no shortage of crossovers in the MCU, so I don't yeah. see there being a reason for there to be a shortage of crossovers on the streaming universe. You know, they've clearly made it they made it clear with the Star Wars stuff. Like they're setting all this stuff up to make you watch all of them. So why would they not? Yeah. What are your bring thoughts over where they can? I know you ladies are both super super big uh, Tom Hiddleston uh, uh, fan girls. What are your thoughts on the Loki? 
Loki stuff. Okay, I was a huge Tom Hiddleston fan. I I've kind of grown out of it. Interesting. Like, he's okay, fine. I didn't know this. He's yeah. fine as an actor, but I don't know when it changed. But I was just like, yeah, you're fine. I kind of lost some respect or for him after like the Taylor, the Taylor Swift. Swift. Um, yeah, that that, that that might have been the death. I think actually, I think but... for like because I I mean I love Taylor Swift and I believe her and I think the things that she said about him just made me sad and then so I kind of don't I don't idolize him to the same. I've heard people on both sides of that where people did stop lost respect for him because he dated her and then some lost respect for him because of what she said oh <laughs> so it's like you're either on basically two, one she side was the... saying that he just wanted to be a power couple and she wanted to be in love and so he kept trying to go to like premieres and stuff with her or like do he wanted it to be about careers more that, so, oh, so yeah that's that's the vibe i got and that's why i lost respect for him and so then at that like, point i just didn't care about him as much as i, I had a huge crush on him before okay. that but then after that it was just kind of like oh okay so this is a persona that you have and this is not the real you kind of thing is what it felt like to me so but i am still very excited about loki i want to watch the show and into it i just I'm not as obsessed with tom hiddleston as i, I was yeah, i thought I'm, that one had a lot of i was interested because in the footage, it was confusing. Like, what is going on? Like, we know, obviously, from the events of Endgame what, how it's starting. But it was just kind of like, where is this going? And if you know, I don't know if you watched it again, but you see, like, when he's in, like, a uniform that has TVA on it, you mm-hmm. know, which is the Time Variance Authority in Marvel. Like, I know that they've been in so many comics and stuff. And it's, like, so, like, time cops, essentially. And at the end there, when he's, like, wearing his vote Loki stuff, I mean, I have... Those those comics from 2016, which get the author, but it was kind of like created in response to the the election that was going on, you know, in 2016 that we cannot speak of. And it was like, oh, vote Loki. It was all vote Loki. And if you look at like the cover of vote Loki, he's wearing the exact same: the headpiece, the tie, the suit. It's very yeah. So it's like he's it's very interesting. And then I saw a rumor today, which I don't. It's not confirmed yet. They didn't say anything, but that Sif is going to be in potentially in love and thunder as well as making appearances in the loki show and if that's the case what if we're getting lady loki at some point because you know lady loki is sif's body yeah so i was like that could be that could be really fun so i don't know i'm 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 just kind of here for the weirdness (laughs) it looks very bizarre but i i'm in it looks interesting to me so and that's a story i do want told so yeah Tom Hiddleston aside, Loki, I think, is the most interesting Marvel villain we've had to date on screen because he's complicated, right? Like, he's not just a villain. He just happens to be... Yeah, he's at at, uh, odds with the goals of, you know, Thor or the Avengers or whatever it is. But I just... I'm not super interested in it for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. It's hard because there aren't a lot of plot details. So it's also kind of... That's why I was, like, watching this. It got me a little more excited because I'm seeing all these little things where I was like, oh, I know what that is. I know what that is. But it's kind of like, what the hell is the show about and what's the point of it? But at the same time, when you kind of look at where we're going with with Multiverse of Madness and stuff and and Spider-Verse potentially and learning all of the... And we already learned in Endgame that there's all these different threads of time. It's all very interesting to think, like, how they are all going to kind of affect and matter with each other. Yeah, I guess that for me is one of my apprehensions in that because we are playing with time and consequences or a possible lack thereof, and it feels like- The stakes can go away. Exactly. In that, oh, this was just a, you know, parallel dimension. And also I'm realizing a lot of the joy I get from the character of Loki is- his relationship with Thor and I think Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth are play off each other so well. Like so, their brother stuff yeah. is some of my favorite stuff with it. And so removing I mean, that's why the first Thor, Thor is the, forever by my faves. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Movie. Well, I, I mean, for me, Ragnarok. Yeah. Oh, totally. Same yeah. And I, I think they'll find someone for him to work off of. I think that they know that that's the, 
Yeah. He's a good enough yeah, actor, I, but it's like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's kind of like watching this episode of Mandalorian without the child. It was like, oh, wait, you know, so who knows? <laughs> yes, something is missing. Yeah, right. something's missing from this, but it could be cool. And then we can't forget that we got the confirmation that this Nick Fury show is actually a secret invasion show. Which is right with Ben be, Mendelsohn. Yeah. And it's going to be him and Talos, which I think is interesting. And so I was convinced that Captain Marvel 2 would be like a secret invasion thing. But I, I love the idea of doing it in the show. So. I it. think that's a that's a good example of another like buddy scenario or like yeah. two two characters sort of at odds where I'm like yes this is this is what I want from Loki and Thor this is exactly. what I want from the two of them um quickly touching on the ones that we don't know a ton about but Ironheart we're getting mm-hmm. I'm excited about that the, the, I think those that's great yeah. those comics are actually really really good so yep. if we well and just for representation's sake like what a great right. new, new character and like why the hell not absolutely and, and you know like Tony Stark that storyline is done so yeah. give us something well apparently not new. since they're apparently. doing the one <laughs> We're going to do Armor Wars or whatever. Armor Wars. It's like, oh, but that's that's about Tony Stark's tech. That's not I, oh, I know, Tony but I just and, and, and I mean, and, no, and I agree. Heart, I, it's I, Tony Stark's tech too. But I, but yeah, I just was like oh, another Iron Man thing. Is like, <laughs> yeah, I guess like we're giving everyone a show. We might as well give Don Cheadle one too. You know, right? Right. What else was it? Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which. Yeah, that was a low point for me i was like this is in all this like kind of exciting stuff it was like oh and then we're doing a guardians holiday special it was like okay yeah and then news we already knew marshall ali's for blade mm-hmm. peyton reed is doing another ant-man and my then, favorite confirmation was so batman is going to be the oh. villain in in the next thor movie as official you know, i think he fits it honestly. but that i mean christian bale i um, hate christian yeah. bale so i am not excited about it but we'll see yeah i'm not a there are roles that I think Christian Bale is spectacular in. Yeah. I am not yeah. a fan of him. Yeah, I'm he not... doesn't get me to the theater. He's not like, oh, you know, but I would never, I don't hate him. I just don't like, I don't, I, I, I don't I like dis- him as Bruce. I don't like him as Batman. Yeah, I guess I dislike I him. His... But I also think, I mean, I dislike him, but I'm sure that he can do fine in certain roles that I would be like not hating on. So hopefully. Yeah, he's he's definitely like made movies for me. Like the yeah. fighter, I, I remember coming out of that movie and I was I just like, I mean, for me, that. the prestige, I, like, I think the is. Oscar, oh, I the hate Oscar. the prestige. Really? Oh, I prestige. Yeah, I don't love the prestige. Uh, Memento, though, there's there's certain things and I think that he's a, a good enough actor, but I think just looking at the at gore of the god, which I just like, it's like, okay, I can totally see Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I, I think he's a good enough actor that he probably won't ruin it. I just was rolling my eyes because I dislike him. I mean, I think the other, good or bad, Marvel villains tend to be disposable. Yeah. Like, even for the ones who should have longevity, like, uh, Loki aside, maybe. Cate Blanchett should have had more of well, a it's role. Well, it's or, the like, biggest bane of my existence that she, I was in the camp of people that, because I saw I wasn't alone in this, I thought that she was kind of kind of Marvel's embodiment of, of death. Hmm. The character that Thanos I is in love with. I can't believe they trying to court. do that. And I thought they were doing that. And because I was like at the end of Ragnarok and you see her when she's fighting Surtur and stuff. I was like, she didn't die. She's just gone. Yeah. Like, you know, but so I thought she's coming back and maybe she will. Maybe she'll, who knows? Maybe she'll be back in, in Love and Thunder. And we don't even know. But I, yeah, I agree that it's like, it, he might just be like a one-off. I will say my biggest excitement is probably the fact that my I queen, Michelle that... Pfeiffer, is returning as Janet Van <laughs> I have to say. I, I I loved that she was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I love Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think it's so fun. And I just, my only, the only crime was that she wasn't in it enough. And I cannot wait that she's going to be in this. Episode. I was excited for Kang the Conqueror in, in Ant-Man. Yes. That's a, and that's I think an that that is going to be setting up Fantastic Four. Because once they said he's going to be Kang, I was like, okay, so then you're definitely doing Fantastic Four. And then they did. So I'm like, actually okay. really excited they're doing Fantastic Four. I think Fantastic Ooh, Four is. I'm happy to hear that, Jackie Max. 
they have got some good characters in it. It's just, yeah, I love you know, them. the franchise itself has not been done any favors by most of the films. So, right, right. all of the films, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but so I'm, they had moments in some of them. So I'm excited. Yeah, the first one I enjoy, but it's, I wouldn't say it's like some great film, but I did enjoy the very first one. I thought it was. Yeah. Funny, and who but... doesn't love Dr. Doom? You know, so. I mean, he's an all time. Yeah. I love him. Hopefully they can do that that story some actual justice, um, which would be nice. I would be okay with him not being in this at all. I mean, if 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 he comes eventually, but that'd be fine. But I would I'd love for them to start out with Kang and just kind of you well, know, yeah. Get to it looks like they're setting up a Kang thing, de- and then I guess might well, and then get to know them independent of Doom, even though he is very much a part of their yeah. thread. I guess I guess I but just like we've I just, seen him done poorly that i'm kind of like let's do something new like yeah. when we keep getting these new spider-man movies it's like we don't need the green goblin again right like it's like let's let's get something new where totally we have these i new just villains that we but i do explore. want i do want doom to show up at some point do we yeah. think it's going to be an origin story again i hope not i find i and i will say ant-man managed to do it in a way that surprised me but it, it it's hard to, to just get into one of these movies with all new people we have not met in this universe with everything that's gone on in the Marvel universe so far to introduce just these people without origin. You know, it's just kind of like they've just been here existing. I think you can introduce characters without having the entire plot of the movie structure around them getting their powers. True. Black Panther is a perfect example. Yeah. So it's also, I think it's of note that, uh, you know, it's from John Watts who did Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far and, From Home. And that, and that was done that way too, where they introduced Spider-Man and then... Just you know, he got, he got his movie, but it was like we didn't have to go over the origin again. So yeah, yeah, I think that could be. Yeah, I mean, we, we might we might meet them that way, but I feel like it's just interesting to have them being that they're in America and in New York, usually where the Avengers the Avengers campus is. It would be weird to me that these people with powers already have existed alongside without the Avengers knowing about them all this time. So however they do it would be interesting. But that's why I was saying the Ant Man thing, what they did, where they. They had that, how he had existed back in the day. You know, I, I thought that was interesting. So I was like, if they do it in some way, I could be here for it. But, you know, if it's another origin, so be it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we have so much to watch in oh, I the know. next it, few years. It's so exciting. But it, it's overwhelming. But it's I, I'm like, ti- I know, I'm like tired thinking about it. <laughs> Even oh, yeah. though all of, the, and, and you know, all of these are years off or months in certain things. But I'm stoked. Yeah. yeah. Very, 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 Like we were saying, there's there's a lot of, there's some turds in there, but it's more good stuff than it is bad stuff. At least that we're excited about. So. Well, more things we're optimistic about than yeah. we could well, be yeah, betrayed I, at any good, point. I guess good stuff is good at any yeah. point. Uh, but no, it was, a, it was a, it was a good day to be a nerd. I mean, everything that we've loved is getting, getting out there, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. I just want more. I'm like, what are they going to do for the next investor call? Like, how are you going <laughs> to, how are you going to top this? I know. And I will say I was a little bummed that we didn't get anything about Eternals. It's like, you know, that movie's done because it was yeah. supposed to come out already. Oh, so well, like, they, I mean, they said, they said Eternals is coming out. Right? I know, like, but I want a trailer. Movie. Like, can we just, can we please get something? Like, I want to see things. I feel like that's such a heavy post movie that. I would rather wait and see like a finished product looking characters and designs and stuff like that. Yeah. As opposed to see something ha- like halfway done and be like, oh, I've, you've shaken my entire trust in you. It's but- true. But I guess I assume that they, you know, it was supposed to come out in November. So I'm, I just assume that like when they started working from home, they continued working on it and like had it in a place where, you know, it's pretty done. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, I think there is also though something to be said for tempering like excitement and expectations especially if they know it's not going to come out for however long true because like we trailer. saw yeah. trailers like we saw we saw trailers for black widow we saw whatever and then being forced to wait a year yeah. 
and knowing what is coming up. So maybe they'll drop it on on Widow. Like if Widow has a, a theatrical still, like they'll drop it on that or something maybe. In the yeah, trailer. something like that. I just want to see more than just like crappy photos and mock-ups we've seen. I just want to see, I just, I'm so excited for this movie and I just want to, I just, it's, it's sad. But you know, first world problems. Yep. It's a lot to look forward to. So much to look forward to. Well, thank you both. Thank you for joining for this bonus Disney investor sesh. <laughs> like, Thanks for having me. It was just wild. a lot that happened, wild. you know? Thank you again to Jackie and Matt for coming together so quickly to discuss that overwhelming amount of news out of Disney Investor Day. And now our follow-up points. First off, this probably goes without saying. While I am Jewish, I am certainly not a Jewish scholar, but the concept I was referring to when we were discussing Chapter 15 of The Mandalorian is called Pikuach Nefesh, and it's basically the principle in Jewish law that the preservation of human life is more important than any religious rule. Obviously, there are some exceptions in that. No, you can't kill an innocent, innocent, person in order to save a human life that feels like it would be slightly defeating the purpose you know let's say Yom Kippur rolls around and Yom Kippur by the way is the day of atonement and you it's a nightfall to nightfall fast and let's say you were in the hospital you're not expected to fast right like don't observe Yom Kippur if it's going to put your own life in danger another this is definitely a rabbit hole but an interesting and possibly more complicated application of it is organ donation in Jewish law because you are not supposed to violate corpses but if you are saving a human life that is in immediate danger then certain sects of the religion are going to allow for it and there are a bunch of nuances and it depends on your branch of Judaism and we won't even go into that but the reason I was talking about it in relation to chapter 15 of The Mandalorian is because it's a parallel to Din coming to terms with, okay, I need to overlook this factor of what is essentially my religion in order to save a life because the child's life is in danger very clearly. And if it, taking off my helmet is going to allow for the rescue of the child, then that is what I need to do. And then a couple of date clarifications. Street Fighter is a film that came out 26 years ago, which is mind-boggling to me. Absolutely mind-boggling, but Ming-Na Wen has essentially not aged a day since then, so good on her. Also, The West Wing, which we were talking about, the HBO, and it was an HBO uh, election special, that started airing in 1999, and it stopped airing in 2006, so kids who were eligible to vote in the 2020 election, presidential election, were either three years old when it started, or can't vote and for another four years if they were born when it ended. So not the demographic that West Wing was probably most suited for, but we are actually not sure if that's who it was aimed at. I think it was more of a general, hey, we're re reuniting just to draw attention to this election as if, as if people weren't paying attention before. Also, Will Smith, who has a show on Nat Geo that he is coming out with with Darren Aronofsky, he actually did his bucket list series for Facebook. And finally, Christopher Hastings is the author of the 2016 Vote Loki run of comics. That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.